Yo, yo, yo. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Do, do you hear me now? Do you hear me? Do, do you hear me now? Can you hear me? Um, please let me know if I'm coming in, Rue, uh, on the YouTube side of things. I would appreciate that. Um, ah, so annoying. It's this friggin' headset. Always a problem. Always a problem when you're trying to do something. Anybody confirm? Any confirmations here? I'll just trim this part out. No, this won't exist. I'm going to start the show over. Okay. Um, just someone confirm. I just need to know that I can be heard before I start my whole spiel. Ah, thank you, Jason. Thanks for looking out, Jason. And thank you, Rue, for letting me know that there is no audio in the first place. There I go indeed. Okay. Welcome to the streaming live. Streaming live. <laughs> streaming live, actually. I get no, no, it doesn't work. Welcome to the Streaming Evil Live show. My name is Jeffrey Murdergram, and I'm coming to you live from the castle in the basement. Um, sad news today. Sylvain, Sylvain of the New York Dolls has left the building. Oh, my God. This is devastating. I'm, I, it's a double devastation. My, my dear sweet Nana passed away earlier this, uh, this week. It was real. She was 92. Um, had a wonderful long life, great six great grandchildren, big bucket of win. Uh, one of my dear, dear friends, I will miss her to the end of days, uh, to the end of my days, I should say. And, um, I, you know, I'll tell you guys, uh, sorry for the tender gender, uh, Jerry Springer moment. By the way, I got someone, some people in the comments of last week's episode got really mad that I like started off the show because you know i stall a little bit just to see if anybody else is going to come in somebody was super pissed that i took 10 minutes just to talk i mean come on he's not like i'm like oh i'm so sorry the free internet the free content that you're that you're streaming on youtube <laughs> you know is uh, uh uh not to your quality or satisfaction jesus um in any case um yeah my grandmother died i i i loved her very much uh, it's not a sob story. Um, I learned a long time ago to always pick up the phone for my grandmother, my Nana. Anytime she called, even during the show, as Rust, Rusty Murdergram pointed out one day, anytime my, my Nana called, I picked up the phone. I never missed a phone call from her in almost 15 years. That's right. To a T, 15, 14 years. No, 15 years. 15 years. If I missed a phone call from my Nana, I would, I would call her back uh, immediately. Uh, and I'm really glad that I live that my life like that. And she's gone now. You don't have, please don't apologize. I appreciate it. Thank you. You guys are so sweet. Truly. You guys are so sweet, but um, it's not necessary. I mean, whatever. I, I appreciate it. I, I'll, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. It's good. Um, so what I was saying before, when I was muted, look at all these tapes. You think that's tapes. All right. You know what? Just cause look at these tapes. You want to see, you want to see some, some ish. Woo! See that? Look at those tapes. There's another box of tapes. There's another box of tapes. <laughs> There's another box of tapes. <laughs> There's another box of tapes. <laughs> There's another box of tapes. 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 There's some more tapes. 
and some more and some more. <laughs> we got tapes. We got tapes to the ceiling, you guys. I mean, I am, I'm choking. I'm choking in tapes to digitize. Why is, what, what's so special about these tapes? These tapes are the documentary, man. Essentially, these tapes have all the people. There are people that are no longer on this earth that are on these tapes. So their words and their picture lives on, despite the fact that they have shuffled loose this mortal coil. I'm talking about people like Odorous Urungus from Guar, Jonathan Stab from uh, Government Issue. I'm talking about freaking um, Joey Image, Basil Gogos. I mean, the list goes on and on. That's not to brag or anything. I'm just saying. We got a lot of stuff. There's so much work to be done. There's a lot of stuff to be digitized. Oh, there was another. Oh, yeah, that was different. Okay, never mind. I'll, I'll sort through that. So what I've been doing is I have just been digitizing nonstop. Like I said, I'm almost at three terabytes of information now. I mean, there's just so much to go through. And you know who I forgot that I had interviewed for this thing? They came into town and I said, damn. Like, let me get a soundbite of these guys. What band could you possibly think? Do, like, what do these guys have to do with the Misfits? Nothing. But I was like, if I could just get these guys saying anything about the Misfits, how fun would that be to put that soundbite in the documentary? I'm talking about Guitar Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I did a 25-minute interview with Guitar Wolf, and Guitar Wolf is in the documentary, probably for a soundbite, you know, some of these are just soundbites. They're not, they can't be all, you know, uh, uh, six hour interviews. However, I just digitized the Tom uh, uh, Bajowitz interview, Bajgrowitz, I, you know, I was mispronouncing his name all these years. And Tom's interview is about two and a half hours long. I mean, I really conducted a very thorough interview with Tom uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that interview again, to listening back to that interview. So I'm like, I am hungry for this, you guys. I am super hungry for this interview. In any case, that's neither here nor there. I really want to talk about Sylvain Sylvain for a minute. I, we did the same thing when, um, remember when Little Richard died and we talked about Little Richard? Well, I think it's only right that we uh, pay a respect to Sylvain Sylvain, a true legend uh, if there ever was one, I mean, part of the New York Dolls, a huge crime that the New York Dolls are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Look at look at Jerry Nolan there, just with that that swagger, man. He's just got that. He's got such attitude when he play when he's playing those drums. He's not even doing anything so like you know. Uh, two Doll Records are pure energy. However, Oni, uh, I'm about to say something you might find controversial. I think all five Dolls records are awesome. The New York Dolls are a band that came back in 2004. The, I saw that incarnation uh, at Little Steven's Underground Rock Festival. And I got to tell you, I thought it was great. I thought it was valid. Um, you had the lead singer, frontman, and the founding member guitarist. And they got a bunch of guys to fill in. And, you know, I mean, listen, is anybody ever going to replace Jerry Nolan or Johnny Thunders? No. Are they still a valid lineup for a band that has no right to exist anymore? Hell friggin' yeah. And not only that, their recording 
they're recording stuff too. You know what I mean? They're like putting out these albums that are so good. One day it will please us to remember this again or something. I mean, it's just great stuff. Um, the, 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 uh, the, the energy. And you know, it's funny, even after um, Johnny Thunders and Jerry Nolan left the New York Dolls, they continued on. Arthur Killer Kane left, uh, Johnny Thunders left, and Jerry Nolan left, and David Johansson and Sylvain Sylvain in the 70s, I think in 1975, 1976, continued on with the New York Dolls. Um, and they, they had Ty Sticks, I think, was in the group uh, at one point. And um, freaking, uh, it was great. And then, yeah, Jerry Nolan and Johnny, the two junkies, they went and they formed the Heartbreakers. The rest is history. Uh, just to go to the comments real quick. Um, yeah, man. Uh, classic real rock is a way, one way to put it. I would just say, I mean, it's not punk rock, but I mean, it had, it was the, I mean, if anything, it is, I think, the definition of proto-punk. This is the rock and roll, simple three-chord rock and roll with attitude and balls. It's dirty. Um, it's sloppy, it's haggard, and it's super fun. Um, there's also the Heartbreaker stuff. Yes. And speaking of the Heartbreaker stuff, I have Walter and Billy Rath, the two other Heartbreakers that were not in the New York Dolls. They have both done interviews for my documentary, They Came From Lodi. They are also both deceased. So these are never-before-seen interviews that will see the right of light of day. Uh, you are correct. They made great DVD of those reunions. Phenomenal. Um, I didn't get to – I mean, the first one was in England. Morrissey put that together, and they even did a live album for that. Um, but well, now I got to, now I kind of want to see more. I just want to see another, I just want to see something that really shows, um, Sylvain Sylvain doing his, doing his thing. Sylvain Sylvain put out some albums, even Sylvain Sylvain and David Johansson put, put together David Johansson, Sylvain Sylvain put, um, whatchamacallit together. Here we go. No, we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want that. Let's just go to some. New York Dolls, real quick. Oh, see what we got here. Um, there you go, Jet Boy. You really see Sylvain Sylvain just cutting a rug with Jet Boy here. Sorry, we gotta skip through this ad real quick. Here we go. I love Jet Boy, such a great show. Mick Ronson also played with the Dolls for a show. I never knew that. Look at that. Crossbones and leather jacket. Johnny Thunders doing the Wii guitar. And you know what's crazy? Look at them doing their clap thing. I love it, man. I, I love this band so much. I really do. I'm not just saying that. I just never talk about them. They're, they're not in my periphery. They're just always there. You take the dolls for granted, you know, because you're just like, they're, they're immortalized. They're always there. What do I have to talk about them for? And a punk band. And I said, you know, it's so sad what happens to the first bands. The first bands open the door and then everybody else tramples them as they go through the door. And I think nothing truer can be said for a band like the New York dolls who, you know, opened so many doors and so many people would, you know, uh, just walk past them. I don't know. It just, maybe, maybe it's the ones that uh, we, we salute you. We truly salute you. Uh, Sylvain, Sylvain, that's not Sylvain, Sylvain. That's David Joe. Let's find a picture of Sylvain, Sylvain. There he is. We salute you, Sylvain Sylvain. Thank you for your contributions. You helped change punk rock forever. And 
You know what? Um, the biggest travesty of all, even more than his death, because death is inevitable. We all die, right? What is what is uh, truly a travesty is that the dolls are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I always hear, well, you know, record sales play a huge part of it. F that sh- impact on the dolls. Very few bands. And so the fact that bands like the New York Dolls, the MC5, and the Bad Brains are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but you have Green Day, you have the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, again, I'm not trying to take away their entryway into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm just saying if those guys are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the New York Dolls, the MC5, the Bad Brains need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for their immense impact on counterculture music. Oni says... The dolls also influence Kiss and Aerosmith. Yes, of course, but 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 Oni, you're looking at it so small, man. Like as I said, I don't know if you heard me before. They influenced decades. They they influenced a decade of music in the '80s with hair metal. Think about the billions. It has to be billions with a B. Billions of dollars that was made off of the image of the New York Dolls, which was just eight. Eight years too late, man. It was just eight years too late, and and they didn't get their due. All right, we've literally done 20 minutes on the dolls. Not 20 quite, but, you know. Yes, the Ramones did worship the dolls, of course. As a matter of fact, Marky Ramone auditioned for the dolls. He was It was between him and Jerry Nolan, and they picked Jerry Nolan because of Marky Ramone's uh, metal background. They wanted someone with a little bit more attitude, and nobody had attitude. Like Jerry Nolan, man, that guy, that guy was tough as nails, tough as nails. I know this really was, this was like a pocket. This was a pocket podcast before we got to the main event podcast. What's up, Pat? How are you? How is your family? I hope they're well. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm socializing with Facebook. I broke my, my, my rule. What's up, John? You guys got to go over to the YouTube. You can't, you're not going to be able to hear the tasty treat that I have waiting for us. Uh, you got to come over to the YouTubes, guys. Come over to the YouTubes. This is just for show. Um, at some point, all right, whatever. I'll get to that in a minute. All right, so now I want to let's let's talk. I talked to you about where I'm at with the um, with the Misfits project uh, with the with the documentary. You all know about that. Um, I the other thing I'm trying to institute. So here's the thing: I have so much content, like. And I'm not talking about the Blitz Kid stuff. I'm talking about, I'm just talking about, I have lots of stuff. I have so much stuff. And I am trying to figure out, really related to the Lodi thing, just stuff that's not going to be able to fit in the documentary. What I'm trying to figure out is, I don't want to do a Patreon. I don't want to do that. I want to keep everything on YouTube. And so what I'm thinking is, I'm thinking about launching, they have this thing. You can join as a member. It's a membership thing. All it is, is it's an exclusive video that nobody else can see. So what I'm thinking is, some of this stuff, as I showed you, hours and hours of tapes, right? If I have hours and hours of tapes and I'm going to make a documentary that's what, like two hours? What am I going to do with the rest of the stuff? There's tons of content on here. So what I'm thinking is I will put together some sizzle reel or some sort of situation, right? I'm going to put put together with these tapes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, uh, make some, some micro content videos, that will be exclusive to the membership. And what that is going to do is that is also going to subsidize 
um, costs in relation to filming more interviews that I have planned. I have a couple of rather big interviews that I'm trying to execute. I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it because it's super. Yeah. Let me just say, let's just leave it at that. Um, but I'm trying to figure out a way to keep this going. So I don't know. I just want to let you guys know, thinking about doing that it might happen. The way it works is it's like, uh, it's a, it's a membership. It's, 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 uh, it's like five bucks a month. And, um, I think I would do one video per week that nobody else can see, except if you're in the membership, kind of, it's exactly like a Patreon. I'm thinking about launching a Patreon like thing on YouTube using YouTube's tools to do it. YouTube has a thing. It's like a wall. Okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Again, um, I'm doing this to try and raise funds, but I don't want to just raise funds for nothing. I want to give something in exchange for raising those funds. That's the whole idea. In any case, let's move on to our main topic for tonight. So I've already, I mean, there's no point in bearing the lead. You see what it says in the, the title of the YouTube video, exclusive interview. Some of you have already listened to this interview. Um, it is a rare interview of the Misfits. That's right. We have a never before heard Misfits interview to listen to. Now, here's the thing. I myself have never actually interviewed, sorry, listened to the interview. Hold on. I was just reading this comment. Am I interviewing Ashley Wisdom? Who's Ashley Wisdom? Je uh, Jeff's Addiction. Jeff's Addiction. Yeah. Who's, who's Ashley Wisdom? I don't even know. Hey, thank you, Winds Howling. But guys, if you like this show, subscribe, like this video, leave a comment. Please, please do those things. Uh, go to my 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 Facebook, uh, my my website, fromus.com, and leave, uh, click on some of the ads. Help me with that, 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 that ad space. AdSense. Sorry, I'm like mixing more words. Glenn's girl. Oh, Glenn's girlfriend. Uh, she's interesting, man. She really, she's really pulled back the curtain. I'm not really going to talk about that right now, but she's pulled back the curtain. Very, very interesting. I, I really, I like that Glenn is like domesticating. Uh, I think he's, maybe he's secretly in love. Uncle Glenn's in love. What's up, Rusty? You got to come over to this side. Come over to this side, you guys. Um, all right. So. I've been talking, I've been doing a lot of reminiscing on the thing. I've been, as I'm digitizing the tapes, I'm trying to give little stories behind the tapes, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Freaking, uh, just like, just like trying to like reminisce about stuff that I kind of forgot. Like today I talked about how, you know, Mr. Jim, before I did my first interview was Mr. Jim and uh, in order to interview him, I needed to buy a microphone with the last money that I had to my name. True story. My last $200 was spent on a microphone to start this project. I sat at a crossroads in my life where I said, do I really want to take this seriously? If so, I need to have the best sound that my money can buy. And just as it turned out, the best sound that my money could buy was a just shy of $200 microphone. I had exactly the amount of money that I needed to go get the microphone that I needed to go and interview the static age drummer who I desperately wanted to, I wanted him to think that I was professional and had my, my crap together. And in order to do that, I felt like if I had a lavalier microphone, that would work and I needed it. And so I begrudgingly spent that $200 and it was the best $200 I've ever spent. It was a risk and I took the risk 
And it sent me that microphone along with eventually getting uh, this camera at a much later date. I can't pull it into the frame right now. So sent me on a journey that has taken me internationally thousands and thousands of miles, met so many people. It all started from that interview and that microphone. It's so weird. Like my whole world opened up uh, in the world of music just from doing that. So I told that story today. So I've been telling these different stories. Well, in any case, one guy that I met about 10 years, no, it was about 10 years ago, 10 and a half years ago. He's a very interesting fellow. He was a friend of this guy named Joe Truck. Joe Truck, while maybe his name, and shout out to Joe out there, who is a great guy who I've not seen in many, many years. Joe is a musician. He's a photographer. He was around during the CBGB's Max's Kansas City scene and you know, going to see all those bands and hanging out. He was just in that scene. And later he would, he would do, he would, uh, you know, he would uh, start doing his own bands. He did a band called the brain eaters. If you've been on misfit central, you will see the brain eaters mentioned. They have an EP, one EP out called night must fall night must fall. And that has um, that band was Damien, Pete Marshall, Damien's band right after he left Sam Hain. So, I I forget how we got in contact. We got in contact. That's how I ended up going down to to meet Billy Rath and from the Heartbreakers. I I traveled with Joe Truck. We hopped in in my car. He didn't have a car. He was visiting from the L.A. He I was driving him all over town. I drove him to Martin Rev's house from Suicide, and he went up and took that guy's photo. I was just driving him around different places. He was taking his photos, and he's like, "We got to go to the southernmost southern part of Jersey." And I'm like, why? And he's like, for Billy Rath. And I was like, okay, go, go. Taped, uh, shot. I shot Billy Rath. He shot Billy Rath. We both shot Billy Rath. Yada, yada, yada. Um, uh, Joe's friend was a guy by the name of Greg Fasolino. Greg, um, he, Joe also turned me on to so many people that he said I needed to interview people that I didn't even know existed that I needed to interview. Like for instance, Nick Martin from the stimulators. If we've talked a lot about the stimulators, I interviewed Nick from the stimulators through Joe. I interviewed, um, who else came through Joe? Oh, uh, friggin' Jack rabbit, who is the man behind big takeover magazine. He had a hardcore band that featured that featured Thurston Moore at one point from Sonic youth called even worse. They opened up for the misfits. They were a hardcore band. Um, I interviewed that guy, blah, 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 blah. So one of the guys that Joe truck introduced me to was Greg Fasolino. Greg is a very interesting guy. He uh, he's like a Renaissance man. And he's, he is an archivist in the greatest possible. Like if ever, like, I, I mean, to call someone an archivist is not like, it's not like a bad thing to call someone an archivist, right? Like, it's a good thing to call someone an, an archivist. But, like, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I can't think of a more endearing term for Greg than to his, his work as an archivist. He has such a talent. He's multifaceted in, in his talents. He's a musician. He's a journalist. He's a writer. He's an uh, an avid music consumer. He's uh, uh, he's well versed in literature. He um, he's really into medieval sword fighting, like fencing and stuff. This guy is very interesting. He's got a lot of hobbies, um, but one of his one of his truest talents 
is his archival abilities. He has saved everything. And if you know him, I know him. I, you know, we connected through social media after we met. Joe introduced me to him because he was a member of the Fiend Club. And he had all, I didn't have at the time, I was like, I have to interview Fiend Club members. That's the type of project that this is. It's a project that features, it's not just Glenn, Jerry, and Doyle. It's the people that experienced it, that experienced being members of the Fiend Club. It's, you know, it's every, it's multifaceted. That's the whole point of this thing, right? Of trying to tell this story. So, so I meet Greg. We're, we're, there's a band called Jay and the Boyfriends and another band called Milk and Cookies. Those were two fixtures of Max's Kansas City back in the day. And Greg was there and those guys were there. And uh, I was supposed to interview Greg. I never ended up interviewing. We couldn't, I didn't end up scheduling. It didn't happen. Uh, I still would like to interview Greg uh, uh, if I could. Um, I actually sent him an email not too long ago. He was recovering from COVID, uh, made a strong recovery. And I sent him an email just to say hello and sort of reconnect in that kind of way. Um, all of a sudden, Greg has always had a, a YouTube channel. Um, and in particular, like I said, his social media is phenomenal. He takes these photos from every year of his life and he uploads them to the internet. like. This is 1978. This is 1979. And just like everything, like receipts from like when he would purchase music. It's just, it's fascinating to me as I'm like, this is not, this is like somebody's personal history. Why is this interesting? It just is. It is because Greg grew up on Long Island and he was really into all this cool underground stuff that you just, that nobody else was into. I bet if you were to, you know, talk to a bunch of his friends at his school where he went, he, I think he's, God, he was probably born in 69 or 70 or 71, somewhere around that, right? Um, so he grew up in the 70s. He was too young to see, maybe he was a little bit older. He was too young to actually go see the Misfits play, but he did belong in the Fiend Club. And he would also tape, I don't, I, I, we'll talk about him in another day. Tim Somer from Noise the Show. Tim uh, was an A&R rep for, um, I forget which which record label, but he he signed Hootie and the Blowfish. He like was a producer on that. I want to be your love. He was also in some bands. Um, in any case, he had a radio show and the Misfits used to go on this radio show all the time called Noise the Show with Tim Somer. Tim Somer introduced the Misfits um, for their 1982 Halloween show. That was Tim up there introducing them, right? Um, like, the, the, so these guys are, like, there's this, like, whole, like, culture. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just this whole thing. Greg was keyed in. Greg was connected to all of that in the sense of, like, he was a, he was a, a consumer of this stuff as it was happening, but it's not mainstream. So for Greg... And the reason why I know I'm so good at these preambles, I just build it up and I build it up and I build it up and I build it up, but it, with good reason. So Greg freaking um, has the foresight to tape all this stuff on cassette tapes. He just, you know, he's just popping in cassette tapes and, 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 and recording it for, for what purpose? I mean, how much of this stuff has he really played back over the years? I don't know. But his nature is to document and archive this stuff. And he has a treasure chest that you like is not to be believed. Let me actually hold on. So 
let me go to, I, I should get to this now. So here is his YouTube channel. And I, what I want to advise to all of you, and this is really important to me personally, um, go check out Greg's channel. Go give subscribe because I'm sure he's going to have some stuff that you guys want to see. I, I promise you, go subscribe to Greg's channel right now. He's got Sam Hain interviews. He's got, he's just got all this stuff. I, I really want, I really want to emphasize that a lot. Look at all the stuff you have here. The Cramps, Live at the Peppermint Lounge. Chop Shot, that was Joe Truck's other band. Scarecrow, The Gun Club, um, The Butthole Surfers, um, The Cult. He just was at everyone. And he, these are all his recordings. He recorded all of this stuff himself, right? So everything you see here comes from stuff that he recorded. Look, Glenn Danzig's Answering Machine, October 1988. Let's listen to that. What does Glenn Danzig's Answering Machine sound like? Holy crap. Hold on. Um, I, this is going to be difficult. Let me see. Wow, I didn't even see that this was on here. Hold on. I got to remove this real quick. And then we got to um, stop sharing. We're going to share our screen. Chrome tab. Glenn Danzig's Answering Machine. All right, hopefully you should be able to hear this, okay? Ready, and this is Glenn Danzig's answering machine. What the hell? What is this? That is so cool, man. <laughs> that's that's Glenn Danzig's answering machine from October 1988. So that's the type of stuff that that um that Greg is archiving. So I really I really just want to draw attention to that and why it's so important for you to make sure you subscribe to his channel um because what we've done is we've taken I've taken one of his 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 interviews, which I'm going to talk about right now. I know I'm really bearing lead here. Here's Sam Hain live at Danceteria. I mean, the thing is, some of these recordings, in particular, like the one that we're going to listen to. Oh, you couldn't hear the audio. Well, damn it, no audio right now. I hope you can hear me now. Um, the thing that that's really interesting. I mean, just look, look at all this. Stuff stuff. And what he did was he bought himself a digitizer and he is just digitizing and digitizing and digitizing his stuff. This is where it really, and I think and he just keeps doing this, man. I mean, look, this is, this stuff came out here. Bad brains live at the Ritz 1987. Um, and the thing that's great is every single, all the, all the, all the data is there, right? Like, look, you go down, and Greg has put the entire track listing. He's got all the information. Look, uh, it got picked up. Hmm. Um, so in any case, one of the things that Greg manages to, to upload, that he's able to digitize, and this is what blows my mind, right? Um, he, he finds, I guess he uploads 
the Misfits. The Misfits live, not uh, live in the studio, 1982 on WFMU. Well, here it is. Look at this. This this was two weeks ago, December 26. What a Christmas gift, huh? He uploads the Misfits interviewed by Pat Duncan on WFMU. It just blows my mind. Um, now he now there's some notes. Hold on, let's let's pull out the notes. Greg left some notes that I actually screenshotted, and I'm sure Greg would appreciate my. Oh man, where did I put it? Where did I put his notes? Mm. Let's find it real quick. It's here. Ah, out that thing. Come on, where are those notes? Wrote some notes to spe- uh, that specified. Um, here it is. Found it. Thank you. Okay, hold on one second here. Okay, ready for this? If I can, so you're open with. I want to read these. This, this is important. Can you see that? Yeah, you can see that. Okay, so check this out. So Greg, uh, Greg says this. He says <clears throat> this is in relation to the thing because I e- emailed him after this, after he posted that. So before I start converting all my remaining old tapes, I've been posting the ones I converted back in the early two thousands to YouTube. Uh, it appears that I am the only person who taped this historic Misfits interview. My friend Jeff Rummis, a noted, he called me a noted Misfits historian, which I found incredibly flattering. Thank you, Greg. Um, Tells me this is without a doubt the longest known single audio interview with the Misfits as a band. Now, again, within the knowledge that I have, and I don't know how to qualify that knowledge for you. I I can't sit here and say that I, I don't know everything. I always tell you guys I don't know everything. All the time people are schooling me on stuff or or, or, you know, enlightening me, enlightening me to things that I'm not aware of. Um, wow. Rue says he remembers this interview. Pat Duncan was a good dude. WFMU was the ish back then. Um, so I just, my point is, is that I don't think, as far as I know, this is the longest Misfits interview on tape, period. Um, yes, there's the Glenn Danzig Pusshead interview that's three hours long. That doesn't count. That's Glenn during Sam Hain um, by himself. This is the Misfits together, Glenn and Jerry. I think I don't know because I haven't listened to it yet. That's the best part. I'm going to listen to this live. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to hear it live, and I wanted to uh, uh, talk with you guys about it. Um, so, as far as I know. This 37-minute interview is the longest Misfits interview in existence. And just like out of nowhere, super nonchalant, Greg whips it out and puts it on YouTube for all of us. What a gift. And so I salute Greg, truly. Thank you, Greg. Like I said, guys, do yourselves a favor and go through his his stuff. Please subscribe to Greg on YouTube, okay? I want to put that out there. Uh, Here's some notes about the recording. You can hear the radio signal wobbling and struggling to not sizzle. Because this is the type of, this is how meticulous Greg is. Greg takes the time to, he's so detailed oriented in his archivalness. It just, it just blows my mind. Um, 
you can hear the radio signal wobbling and struggling to not sizzle into white noise. WFMU's transmitter in East Orange, New Jersey was just close enough to my family's house in Middle Village. Oh, sorry. He's from Queens. Not Wow. Not Long Island, Queens. So sorry. Yes. Thank you, Greg. Um, my correction, he's not from Long Island. Why did I think he was from Long Island? He's from, he's from, he's from Middle Village, or he was from Middle Village, Queens. Uh, for his, he's, I think he's in Long Island now. That's what it is. Um, uh, for him to regularly tune into WFMU. So he's just tuning in. And he's like, this is cool stuff. The theme club is cool. I'm going to take this. And I remember, too, there was a thing. He had to hide the boxes from his mom. That's the only thing I remember from what Glenn to, from what uh Greg told me about being in the fiend club. His mom was not about it and she would make him she would make him Umberto, you got to come to YouTube, buddy. Come over to YouTube. That that that's no good over there. Hey, what's up, Chris? Chris, come to YouTube. Um he just uh yeah. Yeah, sorry. In any case. Um yeah, he used to hide it from his mom. <laughs> uh so so it was he was at the edge of reception. So there's a lot of fuzz and white noise that makes the recording almost unlistenable in certain areas. Um, he says, yes, that's a 17-year-old high school senior, Greg Fasolino, calling in. So he was actually 17 in 1982, which means he was born in about 1965. I was off by a couple years. Um, so Greg is got this like he he's basically was around from, you know, he's around been into this stuff from, from 1980 to like 2000. He got to like really experience a lot of really cool music. And again, he would later become an interviewer for spin and some other things. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, I think it was spin. Um, he, he did, he wrote for a bunch of, of, of magazines and stuff. And he did it. He actually interviewed Glenn. He interviewed Glenn Danz again, and he taped over the tape. He deleted the tape, um, which he he embarrassingly admits himself uh, all the time. Uh, so he called. So Greg does call in on the tape, which is maybe why he was recording it too, asking Glenn about Beware and his favorite horror movie. I never realized that I had a mild Queens accent, but yep, I sure did. I suppose. Oh, so he did live on Long Island. I just, I just, uh, I, I mixed it up. Uh, I suppose living on Long Island for 30 years has slowly erased it. So he eventually moved to Long Island. Uh, priceless exchange at 1955 with a hater. It's kind of fun to hear Glenn when he was still young and cocky. At 3033, a call-in from future Sam Hain drummer Steve Greco, then of Morning Noise. So Steve calls into the show, which is super cool. Uh, I'm excited. I bet it's. Gonna, I bet Steve's going to have a really high voice and be like, Ha ha! It's me, Steve. <laughs> Just kidding, Steve. Um, at seven minutes and 30 seconds, he's so precise with the timestamps. Uh, Glenn mentions that he just found 50 copies of Bullet on red vinyl and brought them to Bleaker Bob's in New York City. This bit of news led me to run into New York City the very next day and grab one, which I later had him autograph during our botched Sam Hain interview at Dance Interior in 1985. That's where he's talking about where he record he he messed up the recording. Uh, I greatly enjoyed owning that single, but sold it for a hefty sum last year to buy myself a new car. He bought himself a new car with his bullet that he bought in 1982, probably for like you know, five or $10. What talk about a return on investment. So there it is. 
that those are the show notes from those are the show notes from Greg himself. Okay. Now, now I have another surprise. Uh, by the way, real quick, and again, I'm just trying to plug him because you know I've we've sort of stolen his content, and I just feel like I want to make sure that we understand that this is Greg's recording, that w- Greg is to thank. We're just commentating and listening and enjoying it. And I don't want to take away from you guys going to his YouTube channel and exploring all of his cool stuff. So also you could check out his band, The Harrow, if you're into death rock, uh, like, you know, stuff like that. He's like into post-punk and death rock and all sorts of jazz. And, you know, um, so check out those two links in the, well, those are his two bands. Bell Hollow is another one. Now here's the thing though. We're not going to actually listen to this version of the interview. Why? Because I took it and I cleaned it up. I cleaned up the interview. I put the interview um, through my machine and I took out the white noise as much as I possibly could and uh, scrubbed it as much as I possibly could uh, to make it more listenable. So we'll actually be able to hear better what is being said. Okay. So again, uh, I had to not, I can't, we can't play it directly from, from Greg's thing. So what I've done is I've actually made, you can see here, I've made this in honor of Greg just to really let people know this is, again, this is Greg's recording, not my recording. Um, and we're going to be listening to it. It's 37 minutes. I don't know if we're going to get through the whole thing right now. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start it. And we'll just, like I said, I'm going to do my start stop thing and we'll talk about it. Leave comments. We'll, we'll answer those comments. Guys. All right. Here's the deal. Here's the deal for the people on Facebook real quick. If you're on Facebook, you need to get off Facebook and you need to get on the YouTube because you're not going to be able to hear Jack crap over there. You have to go to the YouTube link. That is the point of doing what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to bring people to the YouTubes away from the Facebooks. So come on over there or else you will not be able to hear it. There we go. All right. Ready for this ish. I've I'm listening to this blind. You, you guys totally blind. I've never listened to it uh, apart from cleaning it up. I, I really have not listened to it. I have no idea what is on this recording. I am going to discover and react and uh, interject my comments and maybe you guys can help me if in case I don't understand what's being said, you, you might be able to help me. Ready? Let us begin now. No, you're, you're just back from the tour? Just finished one? No, about a month ago. Uh, I'm going to get ready to go out of here right after uh, Christmas. Where are you going? going? All right, so they just came back from tour and they're about to go out again. It's December 2nd, 1982. Let's do a little bit. Sorry, we're stopping it so soon, but we I just want I need context. I want to know. I want to know where exactly we are at at this point in time. So according to Mr. We're gonna just go to Mr. Central for this, just make it easier, okay? According to Mr. Central, huh? According to Misfit Central, they have some shows in Jersey coming up. Uh, the very next day, they're playing Jersey City at the Pious Club. Two dates uh, on 12-3-82 and then 12-10-1982. Then they were going to do 
Um, 12, 17, 1982, they were doing the first congregation church with the Necros and the FUs, and then 12, 18 at Pogo's in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Now, but here's the thing. So Googie is not in the band. Wow, this is actually Robo band. Robo's in the band. So I kind of messed up here. I put Walk Among Us because I thought Googie was still in the band. I didn't take, I didn't think about it. That was December of 82. So in fact, this is the Robo era. So Googie has left the band. Robo is fresh, fresher, fresher in the band, right? Uh, Robo comes into the band. Robo's first gig with the Misfits was September 24th, 1982. So this is December 2nd, 1982. He's about halfway through his stint with the Misfits, right? When did Robo leave? Robo played his last show. Robo played his last show on August 21st, 1983. So Robo wasn't even in the band for uh, an entire year, just shy of a year before he finally had enough of, of being in Glenn's basement, folding sleeves. Robo, you got to pay rent if you're not going to fold sleeves. I'm good. I'm folding them as much as I can. If you've heard this story, it's hilarious. Um, okay, sorry, just needed some context for that. So they're going to go back out. They're they're getting ready to do Earth AD. That's where we are in the Misfits um, chronolo chronology. He says he says we might even go to Hawaii. He's talking about all the places that he went. Where did they actually go? They went to Akron, Ohio. They did two shows in Dearborn, Michigan. They did a show in Chicago, Toledo, Denver, Colorado, Phoenix, Arizona. They did get to out to California. They went to Goleta uh, with the Circle Jerks. They did Los Angeles, uh, California with Youth Brigade, Dallas, Texas, Austin, Texas, uh, New Orleans, Channel Club. Huh. Okay. Onward. Somebody, somebody that was on the air here about a year ago. He's on a station out there. Go visit him. Get the face on me. Yeah. Go find him. Go to the old radio station. That was a story. So sometimes touring sucks. Most of the time, it's fun. Again, this is, you don't understand. If you think, if you think it's bad here, there's an echo because it's too loud in my thing. Sorry. That's because this mic is picking up what's in this can, but there's nothing I can do about that, Eric. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's just the nature of the beast. I'm going to lower the volume a little bit. It's just, it's super hard to hear at the beginning because everything's so fuzzed out. Uh, so we'll just, we'll just power through. Uh, how long uh, have you been playing? See, uh, he's kind of embellishing right now because, oh no, never mind. He was, yeah, no, that was the Evil Live tour. That's what he's referring to. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. He was talking about the Evil Live tour. But look, Evil Live tour, September 24th, September 25th, September 26th. Nine again, these are the dates that are known. There might have been even more dates on this tour, and this is just although that could probably be corroborated with a fiend club fire that I don't have that probably will tell us. I mean, they only played in, in all of October, 
They played one, two, three, four. They played on the first, second, eighth, 12th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 19th, 22nd, 23rd, 29th. I mean, that's not even half the month, you know? So actually, there's a lot of echo. There's a lot of echo. I can't make out what's being said. Freak. I don't know what, I don't know why that is. Thank you. Thank you for telling me. All right. Uh, guys, it just might be because of this part of the interview. Hold on, let me see. Is is the echo? Yeah, echo cancellation is on. Uh, it just might be uh, feedback into the mic from, from this. I, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm really sorry. Hold on. I believe too much time to relax. Any places you like going? Any places you don't like going? Um. Pretty much everywhere was, was good, you know. You know, some places have a smaller scene than others, but that doesn't mean, you know, that it's not just as energetic. It's just not as many people. Yeah, you got an upcoming show uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Everybody there. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 1955 uh, rock and roll band in Jersey City. Uh, you know, possibility there for tomorrow night again. Yeah. <laughs> I love listening to Glenn on these. Um, I love listening to Glenn on these interviews, these Misfits interviews, because he's so, he seems so much more jovial. Like if you listen to him with Tim Somer, especially, he's super duper relaxed with, um, you know why, Jason? Jason says it sounds good now. You know why? Because I lowered the volume here. That's what it was. Um, Tim Somer really knew how to relax Glenn when he talked to him, or Glenn was very relaxed around Tim Somer. I, I really get that that same vibe here when he talks to Pat Duncan. North Arlington has been writing. North Arlington loves the Misfits like all over everywhere. And uh, they wrote it on this bar where his cops hang out or something. And now there's this big write up in the paper and they want to know who we are and uh, who wrote it. this all over the walls and <laughs> what is this? Is it a conspiracy? <laughs> That should be a pretty good show tomorrow night. Yeah, what time does that start? Um, I think the door's open about 9.30. I know we're going on at about 11. And that show, again, is that he's specifically talking about is at the Piest Club in Jersey City, uh, New Jersey. That's what that show is. Anybody else buying? I don't know. And uh, that place is called the Piast Club. Piast Club. Jersey City on Liberty Street. Yeah, right up. Yeah, it's right near the uh, path train. So if you're in New York, you can uh, take the path out. And uh, how big is the place? Yeah? It holds about 400 people. 500 people. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I think I have another song queued up. Let's try it. I hope it's queued. What do you got queued? Uh, <laughs> so now here's what's interesting that um needs to be mentioned songs i believe some songs are played as well on this recording and what the reason why it's so cool to hear these songs especially i believe die die my darling is played on on this recording what's cool about that is die die my darling hasn't come out yet it might be a i don't know if it's possible it could be a different mix of die die my darling it might not even be the Die Die My Darling that's on the that EP, um, which might have been remixed again to sound 
even more like Earth AD, which I don't think was recorded. Wait, was Earth AD recorded? They record Earth AD in 82. The music they might have recorded in 82. But they haven't mixed it yet. Hmm. Blow your brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My name is Robo. Your girl <laughs> comes to the gig. <laughs> I turned into a marshmallow. Oh, that's cool. Is it? Okay. I hope it's cute. I just stuck the needle on. Oh, don't want to hear that. Bob. Okay, we're. <laughs> we have a live tape down here. We're trying to queue up. Uh, it's not live. It isn't? I got the live one in my pocket. Oh. Oh, my God. The, I wonder what live tape that is, man. That's crazy. Okay, that comes later. That makes me think. You have to imagine that Glenn just has all these live tapes or had so many live recordings of the Misfits that we've never heard. That, like, what, he would get a runoff tape, just put it in his pocket. Hey, check out my band. You know what I mean? Like, I just have to imagine. There are a lot of Misfits shows that were recorded. It's kind of amazing that we have as much audio and video that we all, that we do have. And again, everything just comes out of the woodwork all the time. Case in point, Greg just drops this crazy-ass long tape on us. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. This one might be our next thing we can find it on the tape. Uh, it's called Die Die My Darling. And uh, I don't know where. Could you imagine back then he didn't know where it was on the tape? So they couldn't play the track. It wasn't like going on an, an iPod shuffle and being like, okay, Die Die My Darling, let's play it. It's like you had to find it on the tape. Like that was the struggle back then, you know? Kind of crazy to think about that. How, how that little, in what was, so, was such a, natural part of life is no longer you know it's like a, a effortless thing what can kids do today with a, te a cassette tape i have one of your uh EPs i'm gonna play that later okay okay <laughs> so oh, you feel like going into a history of the band or you yeah, just had a started around like me and jerry got together in like the end of 1977 and just formed like this garage band so he says him and Jerry got together at the end of 1977, but by the end of 1977, they had already recorded. I mean, over the summer of 77, they had recorded Cough Cool. They did their first show in April. That's so weird that Glenn would say at the end of 77. Kind of weird. I don't know why he would say that. And then eventually we got a guitar player. We got a record, you know, doesn't have a guitar on it. Um, and we got a guitar player, and we got serious sort of. I went on on tour that summer with the Bullet Records when it came out, and you know, after that, I just didn't see. How long ago was it you played the Uncle Floyd show? Um, um people are constantly talking about that. <laughs> Charlie was down here oh, a couple months ago, and every other phone call. Who's Charlie? That's what I want to know. Who is Charlie? When are the Misfits going to be back on? When are you going to be back on the Uncle Floyd show? Uh, well, we tried to get back on, but it's hard to get in touch with. So, I mean, we have other things we have to do. We can't be calling him every day, you know. So if he wants us, call us Uncle Floyd. <laughs> we'll come back on, but, you know. Now, um, for those of you who don't know, Uncle Floyd show was like a local cable access show. The Ramones were on the Uncle Floyd show. Adrenaline OD was on uh, the Uncle Floyd show. Um, lots of, you know, punk bands who come on the Uncle Floyd show. It was kind of like a kiddie show 
like a kind of like a throwback to like, uh, you know, uh, what was that? Howdy Doody from the 50s or whatever, that sort of style uh, via pu cable public access. And Uncle Floyd is a miser when it comes to his tapes. He doesn't allow any of his tapes to be uploaded. Every once in a while, something gets out. Like Stiv Bader's appearance on, on Uncle Floyd got out. And I managed to download it. You can hear the audio from Uncle Floyd for the Misfits. It is out there. It's definitely out there. I have it. Um, but it's very hard, if near impossible, to get that VHS. Some people say that the Misfits on Uncle Floyd don't exist anymore. That tape is gone. And when's your new record? When do you expect the next record out? Well, we've got a live one coming out. It's just for the Fiend Club members, though. It won't be sold in any retail stores. Only a thousand of them, and just the people that are in the Fiend Club can get it. How do you get in the Fiend Club? You just send your name in. Oh, okay. it's real easy. And no money. You just send your name in. I mean, the record you have to pay for, but like all the Fiend Club stuff, uh -huh. you don't have to pay for. Do you have an address on that? Yeah, it's uh, Misfits Fiend Club, PO Box three one one two, Grand Central Station, New York, New York one zero one six three. And nobody had a pencil. Once they're gone, that's yeah. it. That's a lie. That is totally a lie. Not once they're gone. You know, they're, uh, they most certainly uh, kept putting them out. And, you know, and again, like, that's just the genius of Glenn. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a club and then I'm going to directly distribute my, my ish, my, my stuff to that club directly to cutting out the middleman, establishing his own lines of distribution. It just kind of blows my mind. Eric says the interviewer sounds similar to the guy from the Danzig One Home video. Um, that the interviewer is Pat Duncan, uh, who was I, you know, he was like a DJ or something, and he had the Pat Duncan show, uh, which was synony synonymous with uh, WFMU, uh, a real staple, if you will. Well, it's on the back of the album. It'll be on the back of any other forty-five. And that's it. Then we got a single coming out after that. I mean, it's so genius when you think about it. I know it sounds so stupid, and I know it sounds like common sense. And it's like, Jeff, shut up and let's just play the interview. But you know, it's like it's literally like we're gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a a a, a flyer, a cool looking flyer. I'm gonna put it in the record. You're gonna go home, you're gonna open up your record, and this is again. There's not like a there's not like a billion screens in front of kids to distract them. It's like they look at the record and the record itself is like a TV. You're just going to study the record. You're going to look at like all the information on the record. What's this? More stuff to look at on the record. And you're just like looking at it. You're like, whoa, this is the Fiend Club. I need to join this. I'm going to send away and become a member. And Greg was one of those guys who who did that. I mean, it's just it's just so cool, man. God, I wish I could have been in the Fiend Club back then. Hopefully, an album in spring. This album's been out for a while. Hold on, I'm back. The album will be on the back of any other place. It's Fiend Club, PO Box 3112, Grand Central Station, New York, New York, 10163. And nobody had a pencil. Once they're gone, that's it. Limited to Well, it's on the back of the album, it will be on the back of any other 45. And that's it. Then we got a single coming out after that, and that's called GP. Hopefully, an album in springtime. This album's been out for a while now. How's it going? I see it every Yeah, it's doing good. No, our record company's screwing us over. I haven't seen yeah, a cent so, from that so, what else? so he's talking about 
Walk Among Us. It's doing good. Haven't seen any money from Slash. Um, thousands and thousands of copies being sold. Walk Among Us would go on to be Slash's number one selling record today. Not back then, but today. It took a while, but it finally happened. I haven't heard anybody talk about a record company that uh, uh, anything good. No, record company's really uh, mouth action. <laughs> <laughs> well, real mouth action. Uh, how is Who Killed Marilyn? How is it? Yeah, you like it? What? Which, well, which, after we do every record, we always say, "Oh, we could do this, or we could do that." You know. What do you think your best recording is? Our best recording? Yeah. Date, in your your opinion, uh, some of the new stuff we did with Spot, you like that stuff? Yeah, yeah we did some stuff with. So it's so funny how Glenn will crap all over Earth AD, but back then he was stoked about the Earth AD stuff. He was still, I mean, or he's stoked enough at least to talk about it in such a way. Do you think that he would go? I don't know. That, that's that's pretty funny. Spot, you know, the guy who works with Black Flag. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So they recorded Earth AD, just the music. They did that with Spot in California. Now they come back and he's going to do his vocals. And supposedly that's when Glenn was sleeping while Jerry and Doyle banged out the session. They put both amps facing each other. They faced each other and they were imperfect. Simpatico. I've heard it said before and I totally agree. Earth AD is technically a live record uh, without the vocals, if you think about it. Earth AD is just as much of a live record as the Ramones Alive. How about that? That's a hot take right there. That's a hot take. That'll be some of that new stuff. It's, it's got Robo on it. Say hi, Robo. Say hi to your girlfriend. <laughs> hi, so <Sean> the Robo. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe it's more than the... That that static is killing me, man. Even with all the static I took out, that's I couldn't remove that static. If I did, the the recording would have sounded like it was in a washing machine. It just wasn't worth it. I I was like, I'll keep that static. So that's where Greg heard about the um, the uh, that 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 cachet that cachet of um, bullets, uh, and he went down the next day and picked himself up one. Yes, winds howling. I agree, man. Earth AD is a ground. It is groundbreaking when you think about it, for sure. So that's pretty interesting. He's like, why bother 
doing stuff on consignment when it's two copies when it costs more money and gas to go and pick up the money for the singles it's literally like you're just giving your stuff away for free at that point it's just not cost effective to do those singles it's better to do an album where you're going to get a couple more bucks do you have any advice for fans out there that are for those of you who might not have heard that because of the static, he says, do you have any advice for bands who are just trying to make it? Yeah, it's all enough. Uh, if you're just jumping on a bandwagon, don't do it because it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, unless you're really into it, then you're going to stick with it. You know what I mean? That's it. And then you, you can see the bands that stick with it, eventually it pays off. You know, if it doesn't pay off, great. You know, but nothing happens overnight. I mean, you got to be really into it. It can't be just you know, a money thing, because the money isn't going to be there all the time. Or well, we went through a real dry spell where nobody would book us because it wasn't cool to be in a punk band. It was, um, you know, when all that disco new wave mm-hmm. shit came in. And, yeah, it wasn't the demand. I wonder if he's maybe referring to what had happened with um, uh, Doyle and the guitar incident. Eric asks. Just curious, just curious. Um, have you done a show about the recording of Earth AD? I'm dying to know how they got the guitar tone. I don't really know how they got that guitar tone. I have talked extensively about Earth AD. If you look in the Jerry Oli interview, where we really just read over the Jerry Oli interview, it goes into in-depth detail. I mean, literally what I just said, they got in a room. It was a concrete room. They faced each other. So they literally were watching the changes as they were doing it. And that's why you can hear Jerry and Doyle are so succinct. They're so synced up on that, on that record. It sounds like they, it's like two, it's like a bass and a guitar being operated by a single mind, in my opinion. Um, They're just, and Robo was in the middle. So they're just, it's like the three of them and they're just sort of all facing each other doing the thing. And then there are whole tracks of, feedback where they throw the guitar in the concrete room, slam the door shut and just let it feedback for the whole track, which is probably an extension of what Robbie Alter was doing on three hits from hell, where he was doing feedback tracks on like London dungeon. And, you know, they would do feedback on uh, Halloween and stuff. So I don't know. I like what Glenn's saying here though, about you got to really just stick it out. There's no money in it. Yada, yada, yada. I think that's, Really, you know, sometimes he speaks a little bit with hyperbole and sometimes he speaks, you know, like a great example, that interview with Rolling Stone where he talked about how he brought all his fans to CBGBs. He didn't get paid anything, but it was their first show. What fans did he bring? He just brought a bunch of his friends to see his friends, to see his band at an audition showcase. You know what I mean? So, but this doesn't feel like embellished. This feels like Glenn's really talking from the heart when he's talking about this stuff about what you got to do to make it as a band. Cause that's literally what they're living in this moment. I think so. Oh, well, punk bands are too violent. It's too much of a hassle. And we were always considered too violent. Have you been having problems getting booked across the country? Is it the same everywhere? Uh, We don't have any problems getting booked across the country. What happens is sometimes the cops come down on the shows out in LA. And mm. shows pulled right out from under us because, uh, first off, the you know the police situation, and then second off, our reputation. Mm. I guess it's a lot worse out there. Uh, LA is real bad. LA is real bad. 
he can tell you about that. <laughs> they really did have a reputation. They had a reputation. I I guess I guess their reputation. I would imagine. I'm trying to like think about this, like from that perspective. I guess their reputation must have really exploded after Doyle hit the kid in the head with the guitar, right? Could that and the grave robbing incident, maybe more so the guitar thing. The guitar thing was what really everybody, without cell phones, without the internet, everybody knew about the story about the band that where the, the guitar player cracked the kid over her head with his guitar. It was just such a legendary thing right i don't know he says around here nobody can get book at booked anywhere in case you couldn't hear that i could barely hear it well, i don't know why a lot of the bands actually tried you know maybe the Bands with no name, because it, you know, if you're just any old band with no name, it's pretty hard. You know, well, yeah, even the last Black Flag came through this area, and you know, they didn't find anywhere in the because uh, nobody would book them because they're afraid of. Uh, well, Hitsville had them. Yeah, but that was, I think, was their last uh, hardcore show. Yeah, it was. And uh, you know, where else is there now? Oh, this place, this place, uh, City Gardens, City Gardens in Trenton, uh, but I heard they don't put cards for anymore. Oh, really? City Gardens in Trenton, he said, which would, wait, let's take that back. Sorry, I was spacing out for a minute. I'm just going to take that back. And, uh, you know, where else is there now? City Gardens Trend, which is eventually closed down, but was like a huge, huge venue. That's where Danzig had their first, Danzig did their first show at, at City Gardens in 1988. Um, and you'd hear a couple other people speaking in the background. I don't know if that was Jerry or Robo, but somebody else was talking. That was not Glenn. Uh, but I heard they don't put cards anymore. Oh, really? Oh, and uh, this place that's opening up tomorrow night has possibilities. So yeah, I, I really hope that goes. Yeah, if there's, there's a good crowd, they'll have more bands. I know the big boys are coming through and um, big boys from Texas. This is really this this white fuzz sucks, man. It was so much worse too. It really was. I mean, this thing is really cleaned up compared to what it was. I think the company club. It'll be good then somewhere in Jersey. Jersey has a good crowd. That's the hardcore. I like. I like the Jersey crowd. There's a lot of good bands in Jersey. Yeah. I'm waiting for some good compilations. I know. I hate compilations now. Yeah, some of them are good, but the ones from San Francisco, I mean, every week there's a new compilation album from San Francisco. <laughs> Which one is that one? What not the slide on the list? Whatever. There's like every week there's a new compilation album from San Francisco. Yeah, but you know, a lot of these bands are still in there. A lot of those bands have vinyl out. They should just, instead of relying on the record companies to put out all their stuff, they should just 
instead of putting the money into the arm or you know or into <laughs> you know the rent or work, I don't know you should just go and put out the rolling product right I mean that's and that's what he did that's literally what he did he would just he he was like screw this I'm gonna just put out my own product and eventually they did get tangled up with you know they did. They got tangled up with Slash and, and got burned pretty bad. And then he did Earth AD on his own. And then eventually what he did was he found distribution. He found the ultimate, uh, you know, sort of compromise or the, the best middle ground. He found distribution via Caroline. So he's doing Plan 9 stuff for Sam Hain. Caroline's distributing it. I mean, Glenn must have been making some money by then, like really making money in addition to the money that he was making from the fiend club, especially in Sam Hain, I would imagine I, you'd have to, you'd have to imagine by that point. I mean, it doesn't even sound like he's talking on mic. It sounds like the microphone is like, right here and he's just sort of like off the off mic pattern off the pickup pattern just sort of casually chatting it, it, so far i gotta say the first 11 minutes is nothing i mean it's just very i'm not very uh impressed with the first 11 minutes it's i mean no matter what it's great because it's like never before heard this is so cool that we're hearing this uh this this thing but it it, it so far there's nothing i don't know no juicy tidbits. Yeah, let's go to another song. How about uh, All Great Blues? From the album. From the album. Yeah, you got one of those FM voices. Ah. From the album. Could be. Oh, good. Yeah, you haven't said anything. Oh my God. Do you hear baby Doyle? Oh my God. That's so Doyle's voice, but it's like Doyle. That's like, what's it? 1982. That's like 18 year old Doyle, dude. Yeah. I'm going to open up the phone. Cannot hear. So now they're opening up the phones. Okay, playing die. So, so what's interesting is, for two years, if you listen to this broadcast and you tape this song, you had die die my darling. You had a rare misfits track that nobody had heard before. Well, some people have heard it, but. Not right here. Yeah, that's right. Um, want to go into that? Yeah, it's one of the favorite things we got in the Midwest. So, what do you write about? Huh? What's, what's your favorite thing? Yeah. Anything in particular? We write about thing? violence, death, 
<laughs> Violence, death. Storm, murder, See, that's interesting to me because it's just like, it's just hearing, I mean, that's when he's in that mindset of writing that kind of stuff. And that's his response when someone's like, what are you writing about? He's not like, well, I'm influenced by Charles Bukowski and I'm trying to write, you know, uh, sort of alliteration via beat poetry, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, gore, murder, death. Like, cause that's just the way it's just the way his mind is wired. You just mentioned uh, something about a movie coming out. Oh yeah, we're gonna do a a soundtrack for Blood Feast Two. We're gonna do a soundtrack to Blood Feast Two. Okay, eventually there was a Blood Feast Two. I have it. It's right on the shelf over there. But Blood Feast Two didn't come out till like two thousand four. It has John Waters in it, by the way. This Glenn said Glenn said they were gonna do a soundtrack for Blood Feast Two. Be like a few actual songs and then with actual some soundtrack music in there, like stuff in the background. A soundtrack for the blood piece too. Be like a few actual songs and then with actual some soundtrack music in there, like stuff in the background. Movie. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that we're gonna do a soundtrack with like ambience, like the stuff that you hear from the movies for Blood Feast too. I know they got a few other bands lined up to do the songs on. Uh, any release date on this? Or? Well, the movie should be ready next year to be released. It's like a takeoff on the original Blood Feast, you know, Virtual Blood and Lewis movie. Where that's the movie that actually started all the gore mm-hmm. in movies back in the 60s. The only place the movie to play was like X-rated theaters. Because of the gore. Wow, that is so cool. All right, so nowhere has it ever been documented that, you know, it, at least so Glenn claims, like they're going to do the soundtrack for Blood Feast 2. If they're going to do, it's not just the like songs that they're going to do, or they might do some songs, but they're going to do um, like the ambience, but the movie is not going to be ready until next year. How does he know that? Herschel Gordon Lewis ended up making Blood Feast 2. So who was it? Oh, wow. You know what? I wonder if, okay, so there was another film that is based on Blood Feast. It's called Blood Diner um, VHS film. Hold on one second. I get it right now. Wait. Don't move. Don't you move. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Blood Diner. Blood Diner. <clears throat> this is this is directed by I believe Jackie Kong directed this and it came out in 1987 it was written by the dude who Dookie Flyswatter Michael so- uh, something wrote it uh, Michael Sohn wrote it and it was directed by Jackie Kong okay uh, it's called Blood Diner, and it's basically a remake of Blood Feast. This is the actual copy from my video store, from my personal horror section that I used to love going to as a kid. Oh, God, do I miss it. Be kind, rewind, music plus movies. I wonder I wonder if this is the film that Glenn is talking about. 
was it blood? Was it was it blood feast? Well, I mean, was blood feast two actually going to be blood? Uh, uh, would 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 blood feast two turn into blood diner five years later? You know, he said other bands were going to be on the soundtrack because I've never heard of anything about blood feast two. You know, back like back in the eighties, blood feast two. Now I got to check it out. Let's let's take a look. Let's do a little. Let's do a little uh, uh, detective work here. So Blood Feast 2, 2 came out in... Blood Feast 2, All You Can Eat, came out in 2002, right? It's directed by Herschel Gordon-Lewis as well. John Waters is in it. Detective Loomis, he's in it, blah, blah, blah. Fuad's in it. No, but there's nothing about a 1982 version that I am seeing. So is it possible that the blood feast two that the misfits were going to be on is actually or would turn into blood diner, by the way, this guy, Dookie Flyswatter, he is the lead singer for a band called who wrote this movie. He's the lead singer for a band called haunted garage. Shout out to Kevin Rankin, Kevin 45, who listens to this show. He's a, a huge Haunted Garage fan. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's the reason why I know who Haunted Garage is in the first place. But I had never made the connection that this guy was also that guy. Kind of interesting. Um, also, uh, Herbert West, Jeffrey Combs' personal makeup assistant who works for KNB Effects, uh, does uh, uh, plays in the latest version of Haunted Garage as well. All right, sorry. That was such a tangent. Back to the interview. Is this going to be a remake or? Uh, like, it's a take. It's like Blood Feast Two. Oh, okay. Okay. So now it'll be Halloween One, Halloween Two, Blood Feast and Blood Feast Two. That's interesting. Oh, uh, the uh, upcoming single. Good. You like it? I like it. Yeah. Not yeah. like you know. For the sake of being fast, you know. we try to on this next record. We try to, you know, regular misfits stuff, and you know, in our yes, Oni. I, that's I was literally just saying that it came, it did. It came out in two thousand two. I have it over there. Like, but this is just insane. I've never heard anything like that. I, I never heard. That there was that that the misfits were supposed to do a soundtrack. Now here's what I here's my question. Here's my real question about that. Is this how Jerry gets the idea in the '90s to do uh, to try and get on every soundtrack he possibly can? He writes a song, "Scream for Scream." He writes "Land of the Dead" for "Land of the Dead." Mars Attacks is for Mars Attacks. Lost in Space for Lost in Space. Forbidden Zone is for Planet of the Apes in 2001. Um, is is this Jerry? Uh, there's the movie Hate the Living, Love the Dead. Came out the exact same time as Famous Monsters in 1999. So my question is: Is this Jerry trying to continue what, or, or did Jerry get that idea from this idea of Blood Feast Two? I don't really don't know. Want to try and play up the phone line? Yeah, man. Ooh, the phone lines. Uh, the number is 201-266-7900. That's busy, so... Guys, let's call in. 
call 7901 or 7902. Because that's what you used to do back in the day. Like just the way that we do it now, like I could literally like have an invite link for someone to come on and, and chat with me. Like back in the day, you would just call into the show to talk on the show. I mean, people still do that right now. Uh, Oni says, reminds me of when Glenn and Erie were trying to write a soundtrack for a horror movie they were going to make. Yeah, I mean, Glenn, at the end of The Misfits, Glenn had a lot of, he wanted to start doing original horror. Oh no, that was in Sam Hain. They wanted to do original horror cassettes that he would direct. So he wanted to do short form stories that he would put out on VHS and sell through the Fiend Club. It was literally an extension of what he was doing with music. And he wanted to do it with, with movies too, with, with VHS movies, which wouldn't happen for another 25, 30 years or whatever, 30 years, uh, which I guess some of that came out on black. Yeah. Yes, it did. All right. Let's hear some of these callers. Don't try seven nine hundred. Is somebody on it? Two six six seven nine zero one. Hey, Greg. I wish you cut this stuff out. Kind of. Okay. Hang on. You don't want to talk to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we want to talk to Robo or Glenn. Uh, Glenn. Yes. Yeah, I want to know if he can be released in the wasp. Are we going to what? Releasing the Wasp. Queen Wasp? Yeah. Yeah. Greatest song in the fucking world. It's the greatest song in the world. <laughs> so, right, because they're doing Queen Wasp live in the set. So now, and they, you know, Queen Wasp would be on Earth AD. So there you go. What record can we do uh, the, the live EP is got like 20 Eyes, Metal Living Dead, Hard Business. Um, oh, fuck. What else? Some, some other bullshit. I know all hell breaks loose. London Dungeon, one thirty-eight with Henry from Black Flag, and you know, uh-huh. some other stuff like that. It's like seven songs, and you can only hear in the Fiend Club, right? Yeah, you get it. No problem. You get a little thing in the mail. So you got a, guys calling in on the Fiend Club, and um, by the way, the recording sounds so much better now, right? Like it was so crappy before. Now it sounds good. Same, because a very limited edition on that. You say take care of babe. I guess Jerry is not actually in the studio with them. That means I think it's Doyle, Jerry, and Robo. I don't think Jerry's there. Yeah, FMU. Yeah, I'd like to know when uh you're gonna play New York again. Uh well we've had a lot of shows booked in New York, but uh there's a congressman who lives across the street from the Irving Plaza and every time we set up a show there, he has it canceled. Wow. So we've got the show booked for next week at, you know, the Irvin. And so far it's a go. It may get canceled, it may not. But wow. if it gets canceled, it might get moved to the Rock Lounge. So either way, we will be playing. Who booked that? That cunt Mimi? <laughs> yeah. She's a cunt, man. Fucking don't, don't, don't be confused. It doesn't get canceled. You know, first of all, this guy's throwing C-bombs live on the air on the radio. <laughs> I wonder if the FCC threw the hammer down, or I guess maybe that's like local radio. So doesn't, who knows? I guess maybe they maybe they don't have any jurisdiction there. 
um, too. So they're talking about a, a, an Irving Plaza show. But again, if you look at the our Bible, that is uh, Misfit Central, uh, you don't see anything like that. Speaking of Misfit Central, I'll show you one cool thing. Stay tuned. Stick around for the end of this episode because I'm going to show you something really cool, really cool. Uh, if you know Misfit Central, you will appreciate this truly. Yeah. Well, she's canceled the Halloween show and another show. Wait, so uh, there was a ho- what was the Halloween show? Hmm. Yeah, look at that. So there was they had a canceled show on 1030, 1982 at Terminal 406 in Baltimore, Maryland. That was canceled. And then they didn't play according to this. According to this, not sure if that's this is true or not. Huh. Well, how about that? Not sure if this is true or not, but there is no there's it doesn't there is no Halloween show. So which was the show that Tim Somer introduced them at? Could that have been in 1981? And I'm just crazy. They didn't according to this, they didn't do a Halloween show in 82. I'm almost positive they did though. And I'm almost positive it was at Irving Plaza. Yo, Brandon, why do you why <laughs> Brandon is such a troll, dude? Why do you keep always dropping drop <laughs> you're always dropping in about Michael Graves and is he here and where is he? Brandon, you know the answer to these questions. Stop being a troll, man. Come on, get off it now. Come on, you crazo. Brandon. Um I want to know if they grew up with sauce on Sundays. I always imagine that they did. Okay, so I'm not I'm not an Italian. I don't know if I got this just right. When you say sauce on Sundays, are you referring to what I understand from you know uh, my, my Italian brothers and sisters? Is um, <laughs> uh, you don't have. Brandon, I, I, I'm glad. I, I'm, I, I appreciate your sense of humor, dude. You're funny. That, that's funny. Okay, I, I, I'm glad you could fess up to that. I was so, I was so confused for so long. You're, you're cool, Brandon. That's cool. Um, sauce on Sundays is the tradition in Italian families where you have Sunday dinner. It's a big thing in not. I don't know if every Italian family, but you know, and you make the sauce. You make the sauce, which is um, the tomato sauce for the spaghetti because you always have spaghetti for the Sunday dinner. Am I correct, Wins? Someone who's Italian confirmed that I am correct on this. I, I don't know. I'm not Italian. I'd love to know. Um, but I'm guessing that's what sauce on Sundays is. Back to this recording. What, at A7? Yeah. What, we were supposed to play A7? Well, that's what, that's what everyone's saying. They Everyone kept saying one guy didn't show up, but there like 10 different million different stories. Well, I don't know. I was home growing up. I don't know what everybody else was doing. <laughs> so this guy's asking him. I'm sorry because I keep starting and stopping this bullshit. I keep stopping and starting this bullshit, and I'm really sorry about that, Hon. Ready? Yeah. Well, she's canceled the Halloween show and another show. A7. What, at A7? What, we were supposed to play A7? Well, that's what, that's what everyone's saying. Everyone, everyone kept saying one guy didn't show up, but there were like 10 different million different stories. Well, I don't know. I was home throwing up. I don't know what everybody else was doing. Glenn was home throwing up. 
That's about it. Oh, all right. All right. Well, according to you, I don't want to see in fucking jersey. Pulling the blunt. No. <laughs> Come see us tomorrow night. I, I had a practice. I can't make another jersey. Uh, oh, where are you from? Who is this guy? New York. Oh uh, yeah, Queens. From Queens. Yeah. Oh, Googie's on town. Googie, better Googie from Roosevelt, man. Roosevelt Avenue. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, well, well, we want to play New York. You know. So, so Googie's already out of the band. They've already had the fight about the cheeseburgers. Oh, my God. There's four people on Facebook. Guys, you're missing. We're listening to the radio show on YouTube. you got to come over to YouTube and hear the radio show. You're missing it. You can't hear what we hear. Well, we're playing next week. Come down. All right. Take care. Yeah, let's want to go to the UK. Or you want to? Uh, well, single. Uh, Halloween one. Okay, you want to take another call? All right, let's These calls are amazing. Greg, thank you for this tape, dude. This call is so funny. Like, these calls are so funny. I wish we had like a thousand tapes of the Misfits just taking calls. No, no, no. No, no you can take a call. Take a call, bro. Those East Coast accents, man. Those Jersey, New York accents. We'll show you. <laughs> you prick. You coming down tomorrow? Where is it? In Jersey City. All right, put me and Janet on the guest list. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you put you and Janet? Why? Why? What are you going to do? I'll work for you tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You clean toilet? What time do you want me? <laughs> what time do you want me, you prick? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard Glenn like this? I've never heard Glenn having such a good time like this. This is so like jovial and awesome. <laughs> okay, show up there about four or five in the morning. Four in the morning. <laughs> up your ass. <laughs> Please come down normal time. Where's Jerry? This is gold. Jerry. Uh, working. Working? Yeah. Back with the old man? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Glad to hear it. Hey, listen. So, oh, oh, Jerry's working with the old man. So that's probably where Jerry is right now. He's probably at Pro Edge. Jerry's had a daughter, right? Jerry, um, Jerry either got married or at least was a, a father by 1982. And it's late 1982. So I'd say his daughter was probably already born. So Jerry's got a, a brand new family while he's still trying to do the misfits. What time? About seven or so. Where? In Jersey City at the PS Club. The PS Club? Yeah. Where is it? Take it easy, B.R. I think Jersey City. <laughs> right, later. Okay, bye. Bye. He's just breaking his balls. You're on. Yeah. Hey, these guys from Jersey? Yeah. How come these guys don't say that you're from Jersey, then? <laughs> that was amazing. I want that as a ringtone. Hey, you guys from Jersey? Yeah. How come you guys don't say you're from Jersey? Oh, my God. Is that amazing? Hold on. We got to play that back. That was awesome. Wait, ready? 
Yeah. Where is it? Take it easy, B.R. It's in Jersey City. Uh, Jersey I love that. Okay. Did you hear that? Ready? Right now. Right now. Ready? You're on. Yeah. Hey, you guys from Jersey? Yeah. How come you guys don't say that you're from Jersey, then? When don't we say we're from Jersey? Oh, but that's what I hear in other fanzines. In what fanzines? Flipside ones. Flipside ones? Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on the way you look at it. Um, I'm... Hey, you guys from Jersey? Yeah. How come you guys don't say that you're from Jersey? Hey, you guys from Jersey? Yeah. How come you guys don't say you guys from Jersey? When don't we say we're from Jersey? When we don't oh, say we're from Jersey? Right in, in what fanzines? We got flipside ones. Flipside ones? Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on the way you look at it. Um, That's I'm right. I'm from Jersey originally, and then I moved to New York for a while. Oh, okay, and Bobby and um, our other drummer were from Jersey and also had moved to New York. So originally, we were New York-based. See, they're a New York-based band. They're, I don't care what anybody says. The Prudential, the Prudential Center show was absolutely, unequivocally not the hometown show. I don't care what anybody says. F you all. The freaking New York City, the at Madison Square Garden show is the hometown show because they are a New York-based band. Let's talk about how he lived in New York. Bobby lived. Bobby moved to New York. He'd stay in New York for forever and ever and ever. Freaking Joey was in New York. You know, they were a New York band, the 1979 band that made their bones, that broke big in Max's Kansas City and hurrah and all those places in Irving Plaza and whatnot. That was a New York City band that was not a Jersey band. Okay. So it's a very, it's like a lot, a lot of confusion. Okay. Robo's from California. Are we going to say we're from Jersey? What's happening is this, you know, Wherever you move, that's where people think that you're from, you know? I mean, a lot of people think Crucial Truth are from New York and they're from Florida, okay? Uh, you know, we're not responsible for what people say, where we're from or whatever. If you look in the new uh, My Road book, it says we're from Lodi, New Jersey, okay? And uh, why did uh, your ex-drummer quit? Who? Googie? Yeah. He didn't quit. <laughs> what happened? What do you mean? What happened? They just a conflict of interest. We well, both, you know, him, um, when uh... Glenn is being very professional. There's no mention of cheeseburgers. There's no mention of uh, self fellatio. There's no mention of um, uh, of of cutting uh, cutting Googie's hair off on the cover of Walk Among Us. You can actually, if you look, if you look to your uh, my right your left you can see googie's hair you can see that he's got an egghead and you can see that he's missing his watch after uh, what do you call that matinee last week what matinee uh in cbgb's yeah and he was talking to me and he said that uh, he quit because these guys spread rumors that uh you you fired him he quit yeah no that's not true it's both we got robo and he got to get in his own band okay yeah, because yeah. oh, he told me he quit. Well, I don't care what he told you. <laughs> what do I care? That's amazing. And I love the way how cool Glenn handled that. That was great. Brendan wants to know, I'm also wondering if I can text you somewhere like on social media or something because you want to talk to me. Well, I'll tell you what, Brendan, here's what you can do. 
If you want to talk to me, you can send me an email at this address. If anybody wants to send me an email, you can do so here. How about that? Videobusinessmedia at gmail.com. That is the best way to officially reach me. How about that? So thanks, Brendan. How come you guys weren't on the tracks tape? Huh? How come you guys weren't on the tracks tape? Well, I don't know, because we didn't want to be. The tracks tape? Wait, Probably what the? Whoa, well, what? You guys weren't on the tracks. That guy was so funny. That guy is so funny. This guy's like, hey, hey, how come? Are you guys from Jersey? Is you guys don't say you from Jersey. Are you from Jersey? You know, and then he goes like, yeah, we're from Jersey. It all depends. Well, it's not. It's not like it's not. The, it's not this Glenn. This Glenn is such a far cry from the original jovial, you know, misfits Glenn that we're listening to right now on this radio. Both we got Robo, and he got to get in his own band. Okay. Yeah, and it up. Yeah. Because he told me he quit. Well, I don't care what. He- so this is clearly like Googie being like, "Hey, go go call them guys up, okay." Go call them guys up on the WFMU and then uh, give break their balls for me, okay? You know, talk, give them give them nonsense. <coughs> so this guy's obviously one of Googie's friends, just like totally, you know, just breaking their balls because they, you know, because they they parted ways uh, uh, as a as a cohesive band unit because um, Googie wanted two cheeseburgers. I told you. <laughs> what do I care? How come you guys weren't on the tracks tape? Huh? The tracks tape? How come you guys weren't on the tracks tape? What's the tracks tape? Well, I don't know, because we didn't want to be. <laughs> I guess that's the hater that that Greg was referring to on the thing. Hey. How come you guys ain't from Jersey? Huh? How come you guys say you ain't from Jersey when you're from Jersey? Wait a minute, let me say something. Okay. Yeah, the kid who just called up, why don't you call back and give me your name if you're so brave, okay? <laughs> you give me your name and call back right now. There's nobody on, okay? All right, let's go into the rest. <laughs> is this not the equivalent of like, this is so the equivalent of talking trash on the internet. Like before the internet, you call up on it. Yeah, you weren't on it because you suck. <laughs> and, then, and then Glenn's like, it's just like it's just like being on Facebook, and someone's like, "All right, give me your address, and I will come over to your house and beat you up." It's like the same exact thing. That's so funny, man. Record. Okay, we're back. Yeah. Want to take some more calls? Hi. Uh, before we go, a bunch of people uh, have been asking me. If I know anything about that thing, what was it? Halloween night in the graveyard? You got arrested or not? Something? Halloween night. Um, we had gotten arrested down in um, New Orleans <laughs> for being in the graveyard when we weren't supposed to. Yeah. Like a bunch of us and our fans and friends and stuff like that Just hanging out. In the and all the cops were real fucked up down there. The cops were did very bad things that night to the kids that were in that cemetery. They like punched girls in the face. It was really bad. And New Orleans at that time was really bad. To be in New Orleans at that time at like nighttime was like very dangerous. It was very dangerous where they were and what they were doing. 
Like, uh, they, they call themselves a new Gestapo. <laughs> they said so. They broke some girls' nose. And yeah, see? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's something people have been Funny story is, Rocky, who... Tells the whole tale on one of these tapes is Rocky, Jerry and Doyle's brother, is on one of these tapes that I was digitizing. I don't know if you guys were here at the beginning when I was talking about all the tapes I was digitizing. Rocky told me the entire graveyard story from front to back from his point of view. I can't wait to listen back to it and see if they're, like what the details are. I'm super excited for that. That is going to be a fun listen. Welcome back. Just wondering what was going on. Okay, something I'd like to say is a lot of people out there, if you don't like our music or what we do, just don't buy our records and don't come see us. And that answers the problem real easy. Okay. Glenn is the Glenn is the man, dude. <laughs> I don't want to hear you moaning or complaining. If you don't like us, don't come see us and don't buy our records. And that's fine. I don't want to hear you moaning or complaining. Okay. What we do, just just wondering what was going on. Okay, something I'd like to say is a lot of people out there, if you don't like our music or what we do, just don't buy our records and don't come see us. And that answers the problem real easy, okay? I don't want to hear you moaning or complaining. If you don't like us, don't come see us and don't buy our records. And that's fine with me. What a badass. Hey, you want to take some more calls? Yeah. Okay. That's why I am such a fan of Glenn Danzig and his brand and his band. I just, <laughs> I love it, man. Okay. Robo. Okay. Oh, please let Robo yes. go on. Hi. Hi. Uh-huh. How you doing? Okay. How you doing? All right. You guys play really good. I mean, we do. Listen to Robo. I don't think I've ever heard Robo like at all. Like this is amazing, and he's like totally flirting with this girl over the phone. shouldn't call him Robo. They should call him Romeo. Yellow. Yeah, yellow. The misfit. The misfit. Yeah, what about him? Hello? Yeah. Ah, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know where North Arlington is? North Arlington? No, not me. Uh, maybe Glenn knows. Yeah, yeah, we know. Uh, there seems to be like a lot of graffiti around town over the misfit. Really? Why? What does it say? It's got like a skull uh-huh. and the bulging eyes and says misfit. Good. Yeah, on the side of the it says All right, great. Sounds good. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. going around. Eh? That's where Robo was answering. Great. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I figured out who did it. There's not many punks around here. It is? Shit like that. Uh, well, must be somebody. <laughs> well, must be somebody. somebody good. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, how many albums do you guys got out? Uh, Just one album with a whole bunch of singles, EPs. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. This is so cool. I've never heard Robo like talk this much before. This is so cool. Well, this is Bill from North Arlington, anyway. Oh, uh, right on, Bill. So good luck to you guys. Bye. Take care. Later. Bye. That's awesome. 
Hello. Hey, can I speak to Glenn? Sure, hold on. Yeah, who's this? Hey, Glenn? Yeah. What do you think of Kevin Sensible's new single, man? I think it sucks. Really? <laughs> yeah. What do you think of... Um... I hate disco music, so don't ask me about any disco records. Really? Yeah. That's cool. See ya. So long. <laughs> who's this? Uh, yeah, can I talk to, like, one of the band members? You got one. Dude, this is so... F I mean, this is literally the best thing I could have ever hoped for. Like, the best... The best buried treasure I could ever want is right here on this tape. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Okay, like, uh, about that Halloween thing, like, uh, where you guys got busted in front of the graveyard or whatever? Yeah. Like, uh, I heard, like, uh... You're trying to find some voodoo guy or something. He was supposed to be in the graveyard. Like, a voodoo queen. Yeah, like, uh, what were you going to do? Like, dig him up and use his garden for, like, uh, Halloween or something? <laughs> nah, uh, we had dug somebody up, but the cops came right when we got the call. <laughs> that is 150% true. They were looking for a voodoo queen. Mariana Levau or something. They, Glenn got on his hands and knees, opened up one of the above ground crypts, crawled in, and, and I quote, and I quote, started pulling out long black things out of the crypt or the coffin or whatever. And then the cops came. So when Glenn says we dug somebody up, he is not he is not lying. He is not lying. That is true. That, that's a detail that always gets left out. And there, they just said it on the tape. That's amazing. This is what a document this is. I This tape, it, for the first 10 minutes, it's really kind of boring. And then all of a sudden, the next 10 minutes are unbelievable. A voodoo queen. Yeah, like, uh, what were you going to do, like, dig him up and use his garden for, like, uh, Halloween or something? <laughs> no, nah, uh, we had dug somebody up, but the cops came right when we got the call. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Let's pump up, man. Like, hang them on your door and get, like, a little cargo one or something. I got a whole bunch of them. Oh, <laughs> Like, uh, hey, like, uh, you guys are playing this Friday, but, like, uh, are you playing Tuesday also? Where Tuesday? I mean, he literally, I mean, think about it. Glenn had the chicken bone necklace around his neck. He collected skulls. They're in Louisiana and New Orleans. Of course, Glenn was grave. Of course, Glenn was trying to take some, some bones with him. And the fact that in 1982, a couple of months later, like somebody calls up on the radio. They've already heard the story. The story has already made its way to New York from New Orleans. And again, like I just imagine that information just moves at a snail's pace. I mean, that's not true. And information can move at a telephone call's pace. So somebody maybe from New Orleans who knows more about it is calling up, is calling up someone in New York and be like, did you hear what the Misfits did? They got arrested. Like, it's crazy to think about how these guys cultivated this mythology, this, this myth of who they were at this time. It blows my mind. You're playing like Tuesday, the same place, but I guess that's wrong. Yeah, that is wrong. Uh, okay, but like, uh, if we make it, like, we're bringing these guys that never been to a gig before, we're going to try and get them on stage, throw them off and stuff. <laughs> you
You can you can hear the uh, you can hear bleed through from other radio stations because he's so far out. I mean, how Glenn is going to tell him how to get from Brooklyn to Manhattan when he's from Lodi and only lived in Manhattan? Not going to happen. They would eventually play with the nihilistics, and I have a, those goofballs on one of these tapes for that interview. Uh, I don't know who they got on. I don't even know if they have another band. And uh, Irving Plaza, who you gonna be playing with? Uh, Gangrene and nihilistics. Oh, fucking all play with Gangrene. Yeah. But what happened with about who's could do? I mean, who's could do? What yeah, are you talking? Yeah, everybody was guys with who's could do and the nihilistics. No. All right. That's a weird bill. Uh, see you tomorrow night, all right? Okay, so long. Yeah. Hi, this is Dave from Brooklyn. Yeah, what's up, Dave? Nothing much. How are you? Pretty good. Um, um, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, do you have an um, EP called Three Hits from Hell? Yeah. Could you tell me what's on that? London Dungeon, Horror Hotel, and Ghoul's Night Out. Oh, that's great. Um, are you ever, are you guys ever going to come to Brooklyn? I know there's not any, you know, clubs in Brooklyn to play, you know? Well, then how are we going to go? <laughs> But, well, but what is funny, though, is that, it, he, you know, Glenn's kind of chuckling about how there's no place to play in Brooklyn. But now, or at least not now, like a year ago before COVID, the only place you could play was Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn is where you could play. Uh, there's so few venues in Manhattan these days. It's like and parking is a pain in the ass. It's just it's crazy how things change. I don't know what, you know, I mean, they've had other bands there and they're just like, you know, they want you to go through the whole routine of the, you know, the press kit and everything, so we nailed them all out and still going to go. Yeah, I mean, we love to play with them. Getting all wishy-washy again. Yeah, we get a lot of mail from Brooklyn. Brooklyn's happening. Great, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be down at the gig, um, whenever. Yeah, if you want to come down tomorrow night, you can take the PAT train right there. Yeah. It runs all night. Yeah. Okay, I'll be there. Okay. Take care. Bye. <coughs> Hello? Hello, Glenn? No, hold on. <laughs> this is so funny. Oh, yeah. All right, do you guys have an EP called Beware the Misfits? Yeah, it's a 12-incher. That's, that's Greg. That's Greg right there. He's asking about Beware. From England. Uh, is that still available? So so there is our hero, who this man right here, who taped this this interview that we are just making a meal out of. That's Greg himself calling up. Hello? Hello, Glenn? No, hold on. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Do you guys have an EP called Beware the Misfits? Yeah, it's a 12-incher from England. Uh, is that still available at all? Well, I know they put it out again, um, but I don't know. They're being real sneaky about it because they haven't paid us any money for that. So you got to be, you know, you got to look for it. And you can find it like a lot of places in New York. How many songs do we have on it? Seven. Seven? Yeah. Also, what 
And you know what's so crazy? It'd be like, Greg, go fucking Google it, man. But it's like Greg can't Google it. Greg, If Greg doesn't have a copy or if Greg doesn't have a fanzine, the only way Greg's going to find out is if he calls up Glenn Danzig on a, on a live radio show and ask him for this information that he can then write it down. There is no Misfit Central. There is no internet. It just blows your mind how information back then was just it was so hard to come by information when you were into something that was obscure, not something that was common, not something you can go to the library for, not something you can look up, you know, microfilm and, and, and newspaper reels. Stuff like this was extra. I mean, it was extra special because you had to really dig. You had to really look for it. You had to find the right people. Information was like, information was like a, a commodity, I guess, in a weird kind of way. What's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie? That's tough. I like a lot of them. I like the gory ones. The ones that ain't too stupid, but still gory and gruesome and graphic. Thanks a lot. Okay. Good job. Good job, Greg. We're going to go back to some more music for a few minutes. We'll take some more calls in a little while. Uh, what we? we were just talking about three hits from hell. Yeah. About a uh, horror hotel. What? It was a terrible time. You know, I really can't, I really can't imagine... I mean, for me personally, so I grew up with computers in the sense of I'm born in 85. I probably am using my first computer in 1993, 1992 in the classroom because they started this really young on computers. By 1996, there's AOL. So I'm starting to connect with people in chat rooms. Winamp comes out. 1980, 1998 to, through 1999 um, is the continuation of this AOL culture. And then the year 2000, 2001 breaks, you have everything switches over to AIM. Napster breaks wide open. Um, internet evolves from like Geocities and like, you know, uh, what, God, what was, the, what was this other? Um, Angel Fire. You know, all those websites and like it explodes and then you have Facebook and MySpace come. And then before you know it, it's like information is at your fingertips. You have, I was talking about this on that episode with Russell and uh, Ramey Stein. It's like um, information. If you had to get information, you got it from a web ring. A web ring was like an alliance of websites. It's like the infancy of the internet. This is like if I was born in the year 1900 and i'm talking about the first black and white tvs that came out in like 1931 or something like you know there were web rings and you could find uh they were like the first niche it was the first place we can go for niche fandom you know um i got into the misfits and sam hain in 85 and you literally had to go meet people to even learn what albums existed. I, man, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what that was like. And that's why, when you think about the the zine culture and the fanzine culture, how how incredibly important it really wasn't. It wasn't so much like it wasn't an arts and craft project. It was a legitimate news source where people 
got their information. I mean, that's how people found out about bands. That's how people found out about discographies or filmographies where they read interviews. Nobody was interviewing the plasmatics in People Magazine. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to go and get these zines and like, they, you know, ah. And that's where something like Big Takeover Magazine, which, you know, Jack Rabbit did, you know, uh, had been doing since 1980 or 1981. <sighs> it's crazy. All right. We got to get through this interview. We're almost done. Jesus, with the friggin' uh, bleed through static, it's so annoying. I don't like it. Come on. Come on. Come on. And that was back to the album. Uh, want to take more calls? We, oh, yeah, take more some more calls. You don't mind us swearing. Anybody bust my balls, I'm going to tell them right away. Ah, uh, Glenn's temperature is rising. Yeah, that's on you. I hung up. <laughs> Yo. Glenn. Yeah. How you doing? I'm uh, Steve from the Bear Morning Noise. Yeah, how you doing? All right, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I just want to tell you, I've been listening to you. Yo. It's Steve. Yeah. Dude, it's Steve. Yo, Steve Zing. What's up, buddy? Oh, my God. All right, Steve, your your voice is not like, hi, hey, it's me, Steve. But your voice is like, it's like a baby. It's a baby Zing. It's a little baby Zing. This is so crazy. Um, My question, I'm going to have to text Steve and ask him, is this his first Time. No, it's not his first time meeting Glenn because Steve used to go, Steve would listen to the practices and going back to 78. Now, what's interesting though is Steve, of course, because Glenn did the, the album layout artwork for um, the Morning Noise EP. So, of course, this isn't, this is not an introduction. This is not an introduction, but literally by the end of this year, so this is, this is, this is 82. By the end, in one year's time, Steve is going to be developing Sam Hain with Glenn Danzig, right? That's that's what's happening a year from this conversation that we're gonna about to hear. Steve had been listening to the to the Misfits as early as 1978. His his apartment complex was right next to uh, Jerry's house on Grove Street. And uh, he would over. He could hear the Misfits playing from his bedroom, and he would come and he'd listen. He'd listen from his rooftop and listen to Misfits practice. And eventually, would you know he was in the same grade as as Doyle, uh, and Doyle would give him tapes, gave him Static Age tapes. That's Steve's favorite stuff is the Static Age stuff. Um, Steve has been on the show. Steve is a friend. Uh, I, I directed a music video for Steve, but it's just so funny. I get, I don't know why I'm telling you all that. I just it's just that it's so funny to hear a young Steve because I'm just not used to that. I'm just so not used to that. It's so funny that Steve 40 uh, 39 years ago, man. Steve. All right, ready? All right, I'll just I'll just play it now. I'll shut up. I mean, this is the bassist of Danzig talking to the lead singer of Danzig. I was just crazy. How you doing? I'm uh, Steve from the Bear Morning Noise. Yeah, how you doing? All right, how you doing? Pretty good. So it sounds like from Glenn's perspective, it's like there doesn't seem to be, I bet you it's like the type of thing where Steve was always around or something. I have to ask him, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. But I imagine it's the thing where where Steve has been 
around or hanging around. He hangs around with Doyle and yada, yada, yada. But like he does, he doesn't know Glenn the way he would get to know Glenn at this point in time. He was still in the peripheral. Hey, I've been listening to you since '77, and you're the greatest. Oh, well, thanks a lot. You know, I, I think with Robo, now you've really got it made. Yeah, Robo is good. All right, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I just want to tell you, I've been listening to you since '77, and you're the greatest. Oh, well, thanks a lot. You know, I, I think with Robo, now you've really got it made. Yeah, Robo is a good drummer. Yeah, when I hear you practice tonight, you know, I live around the corner in the village. Do you? Uh, when I when I hear his cracks, man, it's great. Yeah, well, I heard your tape the other day about yours. Yeah, I have to watch it. I think it's good. Uh, yeah, Look at that. Listen to that. Listen to that. I mean, Greg, what a friggin' tape. Now, I'm at the corner of my vision keys at the phone booth. Yeah. I'm in there because uh, we're in the studio around the corner. And George is there now. They're mixing tracks. Did you put vocals on the stuff? Uh, no, not yet. That's, they're mixing the guitar tracks down. Wow. So, uh, they could put the vocals down. All right. When's that record gonna come out? Oh, I hope soon. All right. Really yeah. But you guys are the greatest. And uh, Fat Boy says hello. <laughs> Fat Boy, Chucky. <laughs> All right, tell me good eye. So, I mean, this is just so amazing. Steve Zing is the biggest Misfits fan of all. He, the dude, that is his. He loves the Misfits. Steve Zing. Steve Zing is. I mean, he that dude loves the Misfits. I'm uh, Steve from the Bear Morning Noise. Last time, yeah, I promise. How you doing? All right, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I just want to tell you, I've been listening to you just since 77, and you're the greatest. Well, thanks a lot. You know, uh, I think with Robo, now you've really got it made. Yeah, Robo is a good drummer. Yeah, when I hear you practice, because I, you know, I live around the corner in the village. Do you? Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I hear you practice, man, it's great. Yeah, well, I heard you tape the other day about yours. Yeah, I have to love it. I think it's good. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. But right now, I'm at the corner of my vision keys at the phone booth. Yeah. I'm in there because uh, we're in the studio around the corner. And George is there now. So he was listening while they were in the studio mixing, and he stopped to go to a payphone to, to just call in, just to be like, yo, what's up? They're mixing tracks. Did you put vocals on the stuff? Uh, no, not yet. They're mixing the guitar tracks down so uh, they could put the vocals down. All right. When's that record going to wow. come out? Oh, I hope soon. All right. Really good. <laughs> but you guys are the greatest. And uh, Fat Boy says hello. <laughs> Fat Boy, Chucky. <laughs> All right, tell me good eye. Okay, go on. Take so long. That was the highlight of this whole thing, just hearing that. Now, now that's interesting, too, because um, – could you imagine if Ro so Robo doesn't work out and Steve, I've said this a million times, Steve gets behind the, the kit and then they go to Germany. Everything could have worked out differently. I don't know how it would have worked out, but it would have worked out differently. Uh. Oh. Yeah. Hi. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Who's this? Brenda. Glenda? No, Brenda. Brenda? Yeah. Who do you want to talk to, Robo or me? I'll talk to you. Okay. Uh, so what happened to Doyle? Because he's just like, you want to talk to Do uh, Robo or me? It was Doyle just doesn't want to talk? Uh, Robo. <laughs> Robo's mad at you. Oh, tell her I'm sorry. She's sorry, Robo. You coming to the show tomorrow night? Well, sure. Remember Warren at this call? Yeah. Well, 
Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Are you? speaks with such hyperbole. We have all these guys calling, telling us we suck. One guy called. It was like, hey, how come you guys say you're from Jersey? Or whatever. You know, they're like, <coughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you guys sound pretty cool with your music straight. Well, thanks. Well, I'll see you at the show tomorrow night. All right. Bye-bye. Cool. <laughs> yeah, who's this? I just love how Glenn answers the phone. Yeah, who's this? Like, there's no, hello, hey, hey, what's going on? This is Glenn. Yeah, who's this? Yeah, let's play some more music. Uh, how about Skulls? Who does that? Yeah. I'm in the 30s. It's from an old movie series. <laughs> Crimson Ghost. Yeah. one on the album? Really? Oh, he's talking about the Crimson Ghost. Like three songs in a row there. Yeah. <laughs> All these uh, people taping. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> they're they're killing the music industry. Oh yeah, yeah right. So what do you think? Because yeah, <laughs> he's like all these people are, are are taping taping the live songs. All these people are taping the live songs. You know, as we're playing them, they're killing the the industry. This guy has no idea. This guy has no idea what is going to come in the next 20 years, man. In the next 20 years, where the uh, the, the entire industry truly will be uh, turned turned on its head by stuff like Napster. There's that. I'm sorry. I'm looking for where is it? Um, my goodness, my goodness, where is it? I don't know where it is. Hey. Hey, how come you guys don't? How come you guys say you's from Jersey? How come you guys say you's from Jersey? Of uh, bootleggers. Bootleg the album, just not yeah, the single. Bootleg the album, I don't care because we're not getting paid for it anyway. So. Wow, listen I to his. Believe that. Well, record companies, you know. Stop. What a devil may care attitude he has about that. There we go. See those names? This guy right here, he owned the studio. He owned the studio uh, where they recorded Walk Among Us. Uh, and he was there during the sessions. So I actually drove down to the studio and interviewed him. Sorry, I was looking for it while well, I needed that tape. Um, Yes, it is from, I think it is, yeah, it's from 1948. I don't know when. Maybe he was just approximating. Who knows? It's not cool. You can do it on your own. Do it on your own. Because the companies are not going to pay you. And That's right. Okay. Want to take some more calls? All right. Okay. 
this person? Do you want to? Uh, yeah. Angry Samoans. The Angry Samoans. We'll save the live stuff for later. Yeah. Let me see. Wait. Let me see. We're going to play Steak Knife by Angry Samoans. This is dedicated to the guy who says we're ruining the punk scene by Ooh. writing about violent songs. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> I hope you call back up and give me your name. He's still steaming about that guy. He's so mad about that guy. It's hard to kill yeah. when More Samoans for the moaners. <laughs> Uh, you stole the phone? Or you want to? Okay, great. There's about three more minutes left. Two more minutes left. Two minutes. Ooh. Uh, Nick's the Spook City, USA. Well, I'm die for sure. I don't want else up to die. All right. You're used to it. Okay, London Dungeon. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear the most. I don't think I found it. I challenge someone to find this for me, please. Find it for me. Post it in the Lodi Facebook group. If you don't belong to the Lodi Facebook group, you must... Join our, our our fun little community here. I'm posting the link to it in the chat. Can somebody find uh, a, a real death rock goth version of London Dungeon? Like do 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 They call us walking corpses. Unholy living dead. You know, just something like super industrial and like slow and death rocky. I want that. I want someone to do a cover of that because that is the that's literally the Misfits. It's funny. Misfits doing uh American Nightmare, doing like you know, the rockabilly cramps thing, and then London Dungeon is them doing just pure death rock. It's death rock before death rock, man. It's death rock before. You know, uh, before post-punk even comes into existence, there's London Dungeon, if you think about it, like that. Uh, we got some tickets, but got to answer a question. Uh, it's okay. Who wants to ask the question? It's okay. Yeah. Uh, on, the, on the comp. Okay, what famous L.A. punk band... I don't know. Uh, we had a winner. And everybody's saying that was an easy question. The Samoans? The Samoans, yeah. Uh, do we have enough? We have one more pair of tickets. We need a question. Okay. Uh, you got one? Something hard. 
Something hard. Something hard. I don't want this to end. <laughs> like what? <laughs> wow, it goes out with a whimper. It was a good recording, though. I mean... <sighs> okay, who's the Misfits original guitar player? Original guitarist of the Misfits. And oh, that's obvious. It's uh, it's uh, Jimmy Battle. Last pair of tickets. And while we're taking calls, we'll play some Motorhead. Um... I want to leave that here. No. <laughs> all right. I want to say thanks to everybody who supported us all these years. And we appreciate it. And that's not bullshit. And everybody who doesn't, well, you can just sit on my middle finger. Thanks for taking No problem. See you tomorrow night. All right. Misfits. We're WFMU 91.1 in East Orange. And they're going to play video games. They're going uh, to play video morning games. Noise. Oh, they're playing morning noise. There you go. And that is that's it, man. That's that's the interview. I mean, that was that was a treat, huh? I, I man, I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Oh, look at this guy. Look, look at this guy. Who's word and a ready for this? Here, I'm, I'm going to read this comment. I, I have to read this comment a certain way. Ready? The interview sounds terrible. Your setup makes it sound effed up. Lots of odd phase issues and digital noise thing with the voices. Well, excuse me. Oh, my God. Jeez Louise. Did you really take the energy and the time to write that? comment this is an interview all right this isn't a lost misfits interview like lost this is an unknown misfits interview from 1982 that like you know freaking like that we didn't know existed has a, a, a phone call from steve zing has all this talk about googie um has some great interaction with you know uh uh callers and you're complaining that it sounds terrible dude do you know what i had to do to go listen to the original listen to how messed up i mean it's a miracle that this thing exists it's a miracle that greg had the foresight to record this interview it's not even my interview dude like <laughs> i just never understand some people this interview sounds terrible. Your setup is making it sound effed up. Lots of odd phase issues and digital sounding thing. Ugh. So I'll tell you what, Word, Word NA, how about you send me some money to my PayPal and then I'll make a better setup so that your ears aren't offended. You get what I can give. And if you don't like it, then like Glenn said, if you don't like it, don't fucking watch. Uh. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Truly. I, I appreciate it. Not everybody's a hater. As, as Glenn has haters, everybody has haters. Thank you, Jason. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Rue, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Whoever stuck around, 
is going to now see something really cool. Hold on one second real quick. Give me one second while I load this up. <clears throat> so. I guess that's not going to let me. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? This is this is some of the stuff that I've digitized so far. These are my my interviews. And do you know who this is? I'm not, not going to be able to hear that. Oh, you can't see it either. Hold on a second. Thank you, horse. Thank you. I'm glad some people think it was a cool show. Unlike word. The interview sounds terrible. <laughs> what a nerd. Hold on. Let me see if I can. Uh, is there a better way to do this? Uh, I'll try it one more time. Just hold on one second. Keep your powder dry, kids. Keep your powder dry. All right. Ready? It's a good one. You're not going to be able to hear it. Zombie Ghost Train. Do you know who that is, you guys? Who is this man? Does anybody can anybody guess who that is? I mean, you're not gonna know unless you're a, a misfit nerd or whatever. Can anybody guess who this is? Who is this cat? Somebody guess who is this cat? The answer is Mark Kennedy. That is the founder of Misfit Central, the elusive Mark Kennedy, sitting in for his interview for They Came From Lodi. Um, it's a great interview. Uh, Mark, I owe so much to Mark. I literally couldn't do anything that I tried to do. I couldn't have done without Mark. Mark made all of that possible. Uh, and so when the movie comes out, it's actually going to be dedicated to him. He's going to be one of the people. What about this? You'll appreciate this. Do you know who? Look who else I got here. Um, there's more Mark, but then oh, look who it is! It's Odorous from Guar. I know the. It looks really terrible. The um, picture looks terrible, but you know, still, I mean, this is an unseen Guar interview. I'm so, or an unseen odorous interview. He was so cool. There's uh there's Goolsby from Blitz kid. Um, but there's odorous man. Isn't that sweet? Let's see who else. Oh, here's something that you'll be, that you'll find funny, not funny, but just interesting. Um, here is, this is Kenny and this is Kenny. This is, um, this is Doyle and Jerry's brother right here in the flesh. That's that's Kenny. He he is the third Kaiafa brother, and this is we did. He was probably my longest interview. We did four hours. I did four hours, I think, with Kenny. Um, let's see who else we have here. By the way, this is just a drop in the. I mean, not a drop in the bucket, but this is not my entire library of interviews. There's so much more to digitize. I just want to find. Where is the third Bobby Steele? 
recognize these guys. I don't know if anybody's a fan of these guys. Really nice, nice guys, these brothers, these Calabrese guys. Calabrese. You got the Calabrese guys in the house. Um, but that's not who I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> look at this. Isn't that awesome? Who's a fan of Guitar Wolf, man? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's freaking Guitar Wolf. This is the this is this is the goods right here. I'm showing the goods. I've talked about it. Here's Tom. This is the author of Scream with Me, right here. That's him. That's Tom Bogowitz. That's Tom. Isn't that cool? That's the dude. This dude designed this. This is the guy behind Static Age release. This is the guy who did the Misfits box set. This is the guy behind 12 Hits from Hell. I mean, we've literally talked about his work constantly. This guy is the guy who digitized all the Misfits, the entire Misfits catalog. He's the guy with the, the iPod full of stuff. That's him right there in the flesh. Um, look at that. Three tapes with that guy. Uh, and you know what's funny? I know this sounds so crazy. I literally kept my mouth shut about this for almost six years. Do you realize that? I never was on the internet. I didn't make, I made a Facebook page in 2016 after the Misfits reunited. I kept my mouth shut about this stuff for almost six years. I did not talk about this. I just didn't talk about it. I, I just kept my mouth shut. I just didn't want, I, I stayed off the internet. Um, look at this. This is Bobby Steele. Here's Bobby. This is my third Bobby Steele interview. And look at the shirt he's wearing. He's wearing a gorgeous Frankenstein shirt with like a, a Misfits Crimson Ghost on it. Isn't that cool? That's Bobby. Uh, I have about, I have probably about four or five hours of Bobby. Um, who else do we have here that we can show? There's the man that started off. This was that first Mr. Jim interview I was telling you about. The worst. It, look at the look at his headroom. He has no headroom. Like I was just what I wasn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I just sort of was like so nervous, and it was like we went to the back room uh, of of his of his video store and just and just did the interview. You know, he looks really unhappy there. He really is not. This tape is really degraded. Wow. This tape is so messed up. Oh, don't want that. I don't know what I just did. No, no, no. We don't want that. Look at that. It's so fun to look at this stuff. So much fun to look at this stuff. Wow, those tapes are really corrupted, though. I mean, I'm really lucky that this guy just passed away. This is Mike Mindless from the Skulls. Uh, he was in a band with Brain Damage, the, the final Misfits drummer. He just passed away. That's at a chiller theater. Um, 4-17-2010. Here we go. Franche Coma. Here's Frank Licata for you guys. 
and you might recognize the guitar behind him. That's the guitar from Static H that he used on Static H right there. Uh, man, I don't want to show all my goodies. Uh, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. I'm just letting you know that there is so much stuff. There's so much stuff. I think that's the extent of what I'm going to show. Oh, those Bobby Steel tapes. Rue, those Bobby Steel tapes are awesome. Those are great tapes. I don't remember what's on them, but I know that they're awesome. I just know it. And there's so much more to digitize, too. It's not even funny. Oh, if you're a fan of government issue, the late and great John Stab, he's no longer with us anymore. John Stab has passed away. He played with the Misfits a few times. Government's, government issue. Uh, seriously, such a nice guy who was loved by so many people. John Stab was loved by so many people and uh, I'm so sad that he's passed away because he was just an awesome, awesome dude, truly. Um, great guy. Great, great guy. I really enjoyed our conversation. I showed you guys uh, Kim, Kim Gardner from Channel 3. Remember? Also a friggin' sweetheart. Look, that's him with, uh, with uh, Glenn outside of Glenn's house. So, so I got some stuff. There really is a documentary. There really is footage and, and everything. Oh my God, it's midnight. I got to go. I got to wake up for my son in the morning to put him on the school bus, do all the, the fatherly things that fathers do. And listen, thank you for joining me this evening. This was such a fun episode. I really had a good time. Um, I'm so sorry to word for the horrible interview. <laughs> oh God, what a nerd. Now I want to listen back. I want to see if I want to hear what he's talking about, if he's talking about anything. Um, Horace, thank you, man. Horace, just you guys, I appreciate you. Again, like, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, go to my website, go to fromus.com. Click on all the ads on fromus.com. It brings little pennies to me. It's a great free way to support the creation of this content. Uh, I got another episode of Pizza Punk taping tomorrow from a band that I really, really, really respect. Please check out my – I did an episode of Live Pizza last night with Howie Wowie from Nimvind, one of my favorite bands. Oh, okay. You already know. Thank you, truly. Thank you for listening. And, Horace, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed last night as well. So – um, and coming up, I have to talk to him. I want to get Joe, Joe from Mr. Monster, Joe Vasta, uh, JV and I, I want him. We're going to do return of living dead, the commentary for the full movie. Uh, I got to figure out how to make that happen. Cause there's like a lot of technical stuff that, you know, I got to figure out how to play the movie. He's in Tennessee. I'm in, um, New York. It's, it's complicated. It's very complicated. So. All right, with that, I say peace and hair grease. <laughs>